Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Feature Flashback. This is episode four. This is the show where we look back to this same, this very same week, 10 years ago, and we watch the hit films that came out and we talk about how they held up. If we're seeing them for the first time now, are they any good? Should you at home watch them? And we've got a very big and What week. other questions are we are we begging of our audience? <laughs> what happens when you die? <laughs> and where do babies come from? <laughs> but, Please uh, ask your parents. <laughs> my name is Jacob Sanger, and with me as always is our lovely host. Me? <laughs> yes, you. And I am Colin Spalton. And today, oh boy, we have a real slobber knocker for you though at this home. Is a big one. Maybe the biggest week of 2012. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, not to you know jump ahead, but the biggest weekend of cinema history. Yeah. Or, at I, don't least for, cinema, I don't know about adjusted for inflation, but yeah. biggest weekend since of all time. James Cameron's Avatar. <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> uh, biggest weekend until James Cameron's Avatar, The Way of Water. Yes. Most anticipated movie. Actually, I don't know if I want to be on record saying that. <laughs> I'll I, say it. It is it's one of my most anticipated. I, I do doubts Avatar. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be great. I'm glad I'm here with you because yeah. I have been speak, singing the praises of Avatar since 2009. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, everyone forgets. They were there in 2009 loving Avatar. <laughs> and everyone and that, now... Yeah, now, because, like, I don't know if, do you know Jack's films on YouTube? I think so, he's yeah. Like a, yeah, because he he's made a whole bit out of, like, name a character from Avatar. You can't. The movie's not memorable. Whatever. But also, it's like, yeah, it's an experience. Like, yeah. I can't name, I don't know the side character, like, I know the main character's his title name, but I don't know the side characters of Lawrence of Arabia. I can't True. name them off my head. Yeah. Or Casablanca. Mm. You got but Rick yeah. and... But even then, Avatar, you got your, you got Jake Sully. Uh-huh. You got Neytiri. Uh-huh. You got the, the main villain, Quaritch. Yeah. <laughs> Taruk Makta. <laughs> they yeah, call movie, him Last movie, Shadow. That movie is gonna <laughs> fuck. But you know what's also crazy about that movie? Huh. Uh, just to tie into the theme, it came out so long. We're just getting a sequel now. Yeah. We're way past flashing back to that movie. Yeah. I know. Yeah. We're three years past when we would be able to watch yeah. Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> but at least we'll have an opening segment when Avatar 2 comes out about oh, yeah. how we watched it. Mm-hmm. Which leads me to, have you watched anything new, Colin? Um, This week, we're, we're currently in our in our final week of college. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know about you, but I at least anything new that came out, I've been actually catching up on a lot of TV. Because yeah. I don't watch a ton of shows, I feel like, but when I do, they all air at the exact same time. (laughs) So I'm again caught up on Better Call Saul, Barry, and the Amazon show Undone, which I was telling you about earlier Mm -hmm. this week. That show I love. Yeah. Actually, another person recently told me to watch it, so I was Mm -hmm. like, okay. Yeah, we are both from San Antonio, Texas, and it is one of maybe the only things I've ever (laughs) seen set in the beautiful city of San Antonio besides the Alamo and Miss Congeniality. (laughs) Miscongenialities and sound. I've never seen yeah, that. Yeah, the the um, there's a big part of like the competition that takes place in front of the Alamo, wow. and then another part that takes place on the Riverwalk. Yeah, all great places that you'll see when you visit <laughs> San Antonio. I mean, we're not sponsored by the great city of San Antonio, though we could be. Oh, I would take that sponsorship <laughs> in a heartbeat. Absolutely, but. I think like the Alamo is a genius place to set a part in your film because it's it's like kind of like 
everyone knows it, but it's kind of funny. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, oh, and Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Also. Right. Yeah. The Although, basement of the island. That one's really funny because you can tell they definitely shot just like the op- like a shot of him going into the Alamo and then leaving the Alamo because mm-hmm. there's a shot where he runs out of it and then when you see the next like. The next part of him running, it's the most like Southern California. Yeah, deal. it's just like desert and palm trees. <laughs> I also haven't watched that much new stuff. I didn't. I mean, this is, doesn't even really count as new, but I did take my roommate to finally see um, everything everywhere all at oh, once. Oh yeah, do you, do you see it in IMAX? Because it was back in IMAX. We week. didn't. We were oh, gonna okay. wait for IMAX, but we had like one free night, and we were because yeah. we were both really busy, and we were like. You know what? Rather than trying to squeeze an yeah. IMAX, let's just go see it now. Yeah, and um, and and honestly, I might have liked it better more the second mm-hmm. time. Yeah, I want. Oh, I really would. I want to see it again. Oh, it's because it's doing really well. Yeah, or, like it's doing pretty well. It's holding. It, it's holding, which is the big thing. It's mm-hmm. not like increasing much, but it's like not dropping at all. Yeah. Which is that's also what Avatar did. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like that's a lot more than a lot of movies can say. Mm-hmm. No, um, <laughs> better than uh, Morbius can say. <laughs> Morbius. This was the summer of Morbius. It's <laughs> not even summer yet. The summer is not is barely starting, and Morbius <laughs> is out of theaters. Yeah. But yeah, it's amazing. I mean, we talked about it already, but like, it's. It, I think it, it like emotionally got me harder this time. Mm-hmm. Like it. Wait, hold on. <laughs> I didn't mean like that. I just meant like. Wait, the, what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> We'll, we'll it emotionally this. got you. I said it got me harder. <laughs> this is staying in. This is staying in. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but all the stuff. <laughs> moving on, all the all the stuff with uh, the character Waymond, like I just mm. think is so like touching and sweet, and I really like that. And my roommate would probably like me to say that he. Like, he's only seen it once, but he was like, this is in my top five oh, yeah. ever. Like, yeah, he did see it. Yeah. But, yeah, that's pretty much mm-hmm. I also watched uh, Yoon Wo Ping's The Iron Monkey on my uh, <laughs> Roku TV. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, check that out. <laughs> All right. But, yeah, so should should we look back at how, how this weekend yeah, the cards fell? This is a big it's weekend. It's a big weekend. It's a very big weekend. May 4th, 2012. A date which will live in infamy. (laughs) A date that I will remember as a young as a young boy Mm -hmm. because I saw on the poster every time I went to the movies. (laughs) Um, But yes, May fourth, twenty twelve. Can you guess what was number one at the box office? Hmm. Well, I mean, (laughs) it's probably Hunger Games in the seventh week. It is. No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, number one. At the box office is The Avengers, $207 million. Oh, my God. $207.4 million. Which I believe is almost its entire budget. <laughs> Pro- yeah, I think so, because, yeah, yeah, probably had a 200. Yeah, Oh, at least, according to box office budget, a $220 million budget. Yeah. So, <laughs> I know. <laughs> How embarrassing. <laughs> but, yes, this was, this was the biggest opening of any movie of all time. You know, not just for inflation, of course, but, you know, no one had no one had anything to do back then. So. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, do you, can you guess what it beat? Like, what was number one before? It was a movie from a year earlier. Oh, weird. So, 2011. Mm-hmm. It was the end of a very big franchise. The biggest franchise of the time. Oh, 
Weird. Okay, so it's not Hunger Games because that's the first that's just one. Starting. The biggest franchise. Oh, 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 oh! Harry Potter. Yeah, it was Deathly Hallows Part Two. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. had the biggest opening weekend. It was like one ninety or something. So mm-hmm. this, this really just took off. But yeah, yeah. Second place. Do you want to guess? Well, it's not the other movie we're talking yeah, no, about. No, it's not. <laughs> it is. I'll tell you. It's Think Like a Man. Holding, holding, <laughs> holding. Well, I probably would have held a little better. Just Avengers definitely kind of sucked a little out of all of them. Yeah. Like, well, because also I should mention like, you know, Doctor Strange is coming out uh-huh. tomorrow. Or uh-huh. I guess tonight as of recording. Uh-huh. Um, and like I was looking, I was looking just to like see like what movies were playing in theaters because there was like some I've been meaning to catch up on. And like tomorrow... <laughs> There's some like big movie theaters that are playing Doctor Strange for like a whole page of times and then like three other movies. Yeah. And these are places with like 15 screens. Yeah. So I, that definitely contributes to it because pretty much everything else took like at least a 50% drop yeah. from looking at it. But yeah, Think Like a Man. It's made 70 million at this point. Number three, <laughs> I want you to get The Three Stooges. No. <laughs> <laughs> The lucky one? No. Is this something we've covered? No. Oh. Hunger Games. It is Hunger Games, <laughs> and it's seventh week. Good for them. Also, seriously good for things like a man that they were able to hold mm-hmm. the second. They were in the top five during the Avengers week. Yeah, top number two, but yeah. yeah. Hunger Games, and then, yeah, and then Pirates, the Pirates Band of Misfits, which fell 50%. <laughs> Poor Pirates. And then the lucky one. <laughs> I do imagine, like, if any guys, if any guys are like, baby, we got to see the Avengers. And they're like, can we see the lucky one? <laughs> Some poor soul definitely did. Okay. Uh, lucky one's number five. Five-year engagement. Not doing hot. Makes yet. sense. Uh, Three Stooges at number 10. That's made $39 million. Cabin in the Woods, after it, made $38 million at this point. Okay, not bad. Uh, then John Carter, for some reason, <laughs> which, what is going on here? That's so weird. Because on Box Office Mojo, it because like usually it says like how the number of theaters like and how it changes. This weekend, it went up 169 theaters. Uh, and so, because it made like one and a half million. And so it says <laughs> like the gross change. Uh, it is up 1,223% from last week. Man. <laughs> how did we not cover John Carter? <laughs> we just missed it. I wanted to cover John Carter. <laughs> that would be If we make bangs. it to the end of this year, we got to do a re, like just a catch up recap. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Up. I wonder if it was maybe like the switch to dollar theaters or something. That's what I. That's my thought, maybe. But yeah. even then, like making a a million and a half on from dollar theaters. Yeah, for real. That's like every single person in America yeah. went to see. That's John every Carter. every summer camp took all of their kids yeah. <laughs> to see it. Um, but then all the way down number sixteenth, we have the best exotic Marigold Hotel. In, in 27 theaters, as Hell compared to yeah. 4,300 for the <laughs> Avengers. Uh, but yes, Sorry, did you say 27 theaters? 27 theaters. Oh my 27, God. period. Oh, my so God. So this, this, this was a platform release of, <laughs> that's what they call it, where they release it in a few theaters, get some uh-huh. buzz, like get that kind of indie darling stuff, and then a few weeks later, they, they, they just kind of add on some. It's kind of what Everything Everywhere did. Okay. So I think it only came out in like, 10, 20, it came out in like a few hundred theaters Mm -hmm. um, when it first did. And then, you know, it expanded to like over a thousand. Yeah. 
And now you can see it most anywhere. But yeah, so this did that. And because I was, I remember when looking at it, it was debating like, because it did go wide like three weeks later. Same weekend as Battleship. Oh, okay. But that has other movies we can talk about. <laughs> and this is a great case of counter-programming. <laughs> Let's jump into the big yeah. movie of the week. Without further ado, the, the movie be- that you've all been waiting for since you started this podcast. Yes, the best exotic marigold hotel. <laughs> what your, what's your history, Jacob? So actually, as whereas some of the other movies we've talked about, I literally had like no memory of them. Mm-hmm. This one I really remember the buzz for, for whatever reason. <laughs> like, I don't know if it's because like a friend of mine in middle school, his parents were English. <laughs> Like, he was or, bu- he was a buzz. Oh my! There's a new Judy Dench, <laughs> a new Judy Dench picture. <laughs> uh, well, as dad was British, I say I should say, but um, mm-hmm. um, he didn't have an accent. No, actually, a lot of people. <laughs> this is so unrelated, but a lot of people would be like, "Oh my god, I love your accent!" And I was like, "He literally like they because they I was their friend and they were it was twins and they would always tell me <laughs> they were like we don't have an accent we just like you know they say things the pronunciation of uh, of their parents you know like uh, mm-hmm. garage and aluminium, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but everything else was an American accent. Um, but anyway, went to the to the cinema. <laughs> I went down to the Conestal. <laughs> I yeah, so I had never seen this movie, but like I knew of it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it's so weird because I feel like Dev Patel is a huge star now. Mm-hmm. But at the time it was really just this and Slumdog Millionaire, I yeah. feel like. And so it was Don't weird. For, do not forget the last airbender. <laughs> oh my god. That, I literally yeah. did. Because <laughs> like, I think Slumdog Mill I think it's exactly like two years between each. Just Slumdog Millionaire in two thousand eight wins Best Picture. Last Airbender in 2010, plays Zuko, uh-huh. and then this in 2012. Yeah, which I've never seen Last Airbender, but I'm sure this is an upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh my god. Uh, it definitely is. But uh, it's so weird to see him like in like classic Dave Patel roles, because now he's like the Green Knight. Yeah, and he's, getting very in- he's getting a lot more interesting roles than just like, you know. Guy, in, in, yeah, guy in India, exactly. Which also, like, I'm pretty sure this is the same thing. With, like, we talked about like Randall Park. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure Dev Patel just has an English accent. Yeah, and they're like, "No, you must be from Jaipur." <laughs> At like, least this one, like, this one's better than the Randall Park one because, yeah. like, this one he has to be like he's his, in, the character has to yeah. have that accent. He's he has in to India. be. Yeah. He's born, raised India. Yeah, which I think he is British Indian or like. May have been raised in Britain. I'm not sure about yeah. that. Yeah, um, but it's not like Randall Park where he's just like a guy in in Michigan, <laughs> and they're like, "Um, actually, you're Ming from China <laughs> or Korea." I don't remember which one. Is he it was, China or well, Korea? he I think in real life he's Korean, and I, yeah. they made him Chinese, which is just which another <laughs> insult to injury. But yeah, so I never seen it. Watched it. I watched it in a, kind of a weird way where I watched one chunk, and I thought I could watch the whole movie, but I literally got to a point where I went. Let me check how much is left. I bet it's only 20 minutes. And I paused it, and there was, like, 58 minutes yeah. left. And it was, like, 3 a.m., and I was like, okay, I'm finishing this tomorrow. Jeez. So I watched it in two chunks. But, like, despite that and despite it being, you know, maybe not a movie I would usually seek out, mm. I actually had a good time. Like, yeah. all in all, I really liked the best Mar- exotic Marigold Hotel. Was it the best exotic Marigold Hotel? For my money, I... <laughs> I think this is the best exotic marigold. marigold. I can't even say it. It's such a mouthful. I know. There was the part where Dev Patel comes out and he goes, welcome to the best exotic marigold hotel. And I was like, 
that's such a trailer moment. Like, I feel oh, like yeah. I literally that remember that. Yeah. I remember seeing, I never, okay, so my history with this yeah. one, funny title. <laughs> Honestly, it's very similar to me with Think Like a Man, mm-hmm. because it's a, it's a very punchy title, long title, and then it got a sequel, and I, it has a bunch, of, and a big stacked cast. Yeah. Um, so it's similar in that, and I knew it was, like, old English actors in India, I figured they were start like, oh, we're English people. We're going to go to India and start a hotel or something. Mm-hmm. But so that's what I figured the movie was. I, I do remember when the second one came out and there is a distinct moment in the trailer of like, welcome to the second best exotic <laughs> Marigold Hotel. Is Dev Patel in the second one? Yeah. Oh, good. I think every everyone's in the second one that can be. Except for Graham. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but yeah, I knew, I knew this, I had my assumptions about the movie, but yeah, watching it, I had a great time with this one. Yeah. This was, this was a lovely little movie, in my opinion. It had that kind of vibe of, like, um, damn, I can't think of a good example, but like, I feel like a lot of times I'll watch Mm -hmm. kind of a classic, like, road trip movie or something, Mm -hmm. and it gives me that vibe of like, this is just nice, this just feels right, Mm -hmm. and that's the vibe I got from this. At least for the first like act where they're where they're getting out there yeah. and getting established, it was still good. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like it, it it slowed down a little bit once they actually got to India. The plot of the best exotic marigold hotel. Yes, let's break it's it a, down. For it's them. a bunch of English actors. You got Judy Dench. Mm-hmm. You got Tom Wilkinson. You got uh, Bill Nye with his wife, who I did not know, but Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, there, well, it's just funny because. Bill, oh, it's wait, the same yeah, yeah. wife that Bill Nye has in Shaun of the Dead. Uh-huh. A, a very funny reteaming of them. Yeah, um, it's them. Oh, Maggie Smith, can't forget her. Yeah, big, yeah. That those are the big ones. Like mm-hmm. they're the ones that are on the poster. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the uh, there are other two. Celia Imri, mm. uh, she plays the character of Madge. Yeah, Madge. And then Norman is Ronald Pickup. Um, which both of them I was looking into their like IMDb's this is kind of the biggest thing that they have Uh, Ronald Pickup was the king in Prince of Persia (laughs) okay and he he was Neville Chamberlain in Darkest Hour which I do remember that but they they seem like they they both like been on Downton Abbey at some point yeah and and, like been in like a bunch of like British TV yeah Madge looked really familiar but I couldn't figure out where Mm -hmm. I knew her from there is a connection to something else from last episode (laughs) with both of these movies um, Kevin Hart. No, <laughs> no, no. We, sadly, we only went two weeks with Kevin Hart. But so you remember how the Pirate King was voiced by the same guy who did Boss Nass yeah. in Phantom Menace. Well, there is another Phantom Menace actor, small Phantom Menace what? role in this movie. So Madge, she is, she's in the Phantom Menace as... Fighter pilot Bravo Five, excellent. I yes, think, I think she's one of the Naboo <laughs> yeah. uh, fighters in that. Which her voice, I think, sounds vaguely familiar. Uh-huh. Classic Star Wars character. She probably goes like, you know, oh, head for the the course, head for the the ship. <laughs> <laughs> I think I do. See, remember where she he's like, look at that, it's blowing up from the inside. Oh wait, yes, yeah, I, yeah, I know her. exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. See, see these random people that yeah, yeah. we've seen a million times. I'll try spinning. That's a good trick. <laughs> She's not that one. That would be <laughs> hilarious though if she played young Anakin. <laughs> but yeah, so this movie, it's all these established English actors. They are all living in England. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Life is shit. Yeah. It's horrible. They all have extenuating circumstances. Yeah. Like uh, Judy Dench, her husband's recently died. Tom Wilkinson is a judge, I believe, who yeah. was, who was recently who was just retired. I definitely thought he was like a professor, but they kept yeah. calling him judge. So. Mm-hmm. Bill Nye and his wife, they don't have a lot of money, mm-hmm. and they're like they're, the options aren't great for them on living places. Yeah. Oh, and Maggie Smith had, is racist. Yeah, that's her main <laughs> character. Uh, that's her character flaw. <laughs> She's racist against first against black people and then mostly against Indian people. Yeah, just because <laughs> she's in the hospital, you find out she needs a hip replacement, mm-hmm. and uh, someone comes up. And she's like, I haven't seen a doctor. And like, oh, we tried to have a doctor see you, and they're like, oh, we can have that. Uh, he tried to see you, and it's she points to a black man, uh-huh. and Maggie Smith goes. Oh, because he's washing his hands at, like, yeah. a, a rinse station. She's like, oh, I don't know why. If he keeps scrubbing so hard, it won't come off. Yeah. Something oh like God. that. Maggie Smith. I know oh. she's good at heart. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. So, but then there's a deal of, like, there's a program because it'll take, like, months to get a hip replacement yeah. in Britain. But if he, goes, if he goes to India, she'll be able to get it fairly quickly. And then we meet two other characters, Norman and Madge. We don't get much with them. They're like Norman is kind of a, an old man who's a player. Yeah. And Madge is, I guess she's kind of the they're same. They're the same. Yeah. Yeah. They're they, similar. they both are like single and wanting to like not give up their Romantic like swinging pursuit. lifestyle. And so when they get to India, they're both trying to like meet suitors. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so they all separately, I thought they'd all be friends, but no, they all separately decide to go to the best exotic Marigold Hotel. For the elderly and beautiful. (laughs) Which I was, that was the only part of the movie that I was a little confused on. I was like. How'd they find out about this Yeah, Because I think, I think one, I can't remember who now, but one of them I feel like gets told about it Mm -hmm. and they go, oh, that sounds nice. But then the rest of them just show up and I'm like, how did y'all all all hear about this? What we learned, decrepit hotel. (laughs) Also, I just have to address the elephant in the room. Maybe it's only an elephant for me, but (laughs) I. No elephants in this movie, though. Oh, yeah. You would th- they you would think they referenced them one, a couple yeah. times. You think they'd get one because it's like, oh, it's in India. Yeah. Put an elephant. No <laughs> Cheetah Girls 3. That's true. That's for <laughs> damn sure. But I did, I did feel like um, there were moments, more towards the beginning, where I felt like it was a little, like, Orientalist and, like, yeah. it, like uh, they're like, oh, the a colonialist, like the the exotic India. Yeah. And I was like, okay, you're a bunch of British people coming to this place that you colonized. Like, mm-hmm. it was a bit <laughs> odd. A bit, it as is. we're discovering, a, a bit of that 2012 flavor. <laughs> yeah. I think one thing I'll commend about, because I was thinking about this, like, is this a movie about, like, you know, colonization mm-hmm. in a way? But I think one thing at least that they did, they, they could have been a lot worse that they did, but I think I would commend this movie that they... Movies more about them coming to India and kind of learning to live mm-hmm. more in that culture. It's yeah. more about them getting like getting accustomed to that culture rather than them coming in and be like, "All right, let's civilize yeah. this land." Yeah, because the only one who really says anything like that is um, Jean, mm-hmm. who's Bill Nye's wife, and then she oh, ends up she's becoming. A, she's quite a character. Yeah, I will say I liked that she was like a villain kind of, but. They made her a real person. She wasn't just like a cartoon character. Like there mm-hmm. were moments where I like I felt sorry for her. Yeah. Um, 
but she was the first one to say like, "Oh, I thought this this country is more civilized than I thought," or something. Yeah. And I was like, okay. "Oh yeah," because they say she says something about that when they're in the airport, and it's like you know an airport, uh-huh. <laughs> like a normal looking airport. She's like, "Oh, it's more civilized than I thought." And then the smash cut to outside, and it's like you know a horde of people, yeah, like, like Loud, all crammed uh, together, and there's you know the music, and tuk-tuks. <laughs> but yeah, they go to the hotel and discover that it is not what was promised in the brochure. Mm-hmm. It's being run by Deb Patel. It's very decrepit. Yeah. Still beautiful, though. I would say. Yeah, they had some beautiful archways. Mm-hmm. Although there was one room they tried to put Madge in that didn't have a door. <laughs> Which at first I was like, okay, whatever. I get you want your privacy. It's a, it's a hotel. Yeah. But you want a, a door with a lock. <laughs> Maybe I'm just a little more bohemian. But, <laughs> but uh, I then realized, oh, she wants to bring home some elderly suitors. True. She wants to have a lot That is door. true. I didn't think about that. Yeah. But yeah, Dev Patel, I thought was very charming, likable. Mm. Um, I did think he, he felt was fun. Yeah, I felt like sometimes he felt a little like he was in like a different movie, or like he, especially mm. just because I I didn't watch a lot of Dove Patel stuff when he mm. was younger, but like coming from like The Green Knight and stuff, I'm like, oh wow, he definitely is like, he's very talented. Yeah, he's like Dev Patel for James Bond. <laughs> honestly, that just came to my head. <laughs> That'd be kind of sweet, yeah. but I feel like he's like he's hamming it up here a little more than mm-hmm. usual. But it's like he's, it's he's what pl- the he's playing more of a character, like yeah. more of a specific character. But it's definitely like what the role is. Yeah, um, and he's doing a good job of it. Yeah, and it's like, really fun. By the end, at first I was like, oh boy, but by the end I was like, this is a really likable character. And like his whole thing with Sunaina, his girlfriend, I was like, mm-hmm. this is really sweet yeah. and has become like a lot of the heart of the movie for mm-hmm. me. But yeah, I like how he is so like steadfast with that. Yeah. He's like talking about how great it is, and it's like falling apart in front of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I really because his character's interesting because yeah, he shows up and he's like playing that salesman role of like <laughs> like someone will say like is does the uh, like you don't have plumbing and he's like plumbing will be coming very soon, yeah. very soon, ma'am, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just constantly like trying to turn things into a positive. Uh-huh. And I think that kind of works. I guess jumping ahead a little, but near the end, because you find out that, like this hotel was his father's kind of dream. It didn't really pan out, mm-hmm. and Depatel's running it, and his mother comes in. It's basically like, no, we're gonna sell it. Because his mother doesn't believe in dreams, yeah, or, or love, yeah. Because <laughs> um, she does that, and then Depatel informs them that he's going to be closing. But he's still. But I really like that scene because he's still like trying to paint it as like a positive. It's yeah, like, the very exciting best exotic marigold hotel will be closing forever. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, but it's okay. I'll like I'll get to move home and marry um, someone my mother chose and yeah. like, <laughs> like I, I like that kind of dimension to the character of like he's just always on that salesman yeah. mode and then it makes it really cool when he like finally breaks and he's like he stands up for what he wants mm-hmm. yeah once they're in India everyone kind of has their own little they yeah. have their own kind of reasons why they're in India yeah it's not like a, a you know A to B story it's mm-hmm. like everyone has their own thing they're doing like as we mentioned Norman and Madge are like kind of trying to find someone Mm-hmm. Norman is more, I, I guess Madge is maybe the same way, but they don't really explain, but Norman yeah. is definitely like, I'm lonely and old mm-hmm. and I want to have sex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Evelyn, who's Judy Dench. Mm-hmm. She had to, she had to move anyway. She had to move somewhere because they, like her husband had a lot of debt, so she sold her apartment. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, I don't know why she did, I'm a little confused on why exactly she decided India was the move, but. She did. She moves there, and she ends up getting a job yeah. for a call center, 
uh, which I thought was an interesting aspect. It's the only part of the movie that I thought was kind of like, all right, I'm, let me show y'all how it's done. Uh-huh. But it's like, you know, they are talking to people from yeah. from England. Which I, I thought was, yeah, it was like it was a little bit like white savory. But mm-hmm. that being said, like it, it, it wasn't done in a way that she was like, Oh, like let me show you how it's done. She was yeah, just like, was very, and they do not spend much time on it. Yeah, There's like one scene of her at her job. Honestly, it was kind of one of those things where I was like, this is a movie in a weird way. I thought this about a couple movies we watched, but like in a weird way, it feels like I'm in like screenwriting class and someone's yeah. like pitching it. They're like, okay, what about a bunch of old British people? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I see it. Like there are moments <laughs> where feels, I've definitely <laughs> felt that in some of these movies. I can literally imagine the writer like doing research on like how call centers work to be yeah. able to write it. But uh, she does that, which is also conveniently where Sunaina, where Dev Patel's girlfriend lives, his yeah. girlfriend that his mother does not approve of. I know, <sighs> so much drama. And the scene where they meet, oh my god, oh my we'll god. get there. <laughs> <laughs> that scene was hilarious. I think we're just learning as these episodes go on that I'm just single and alone and lonely. <laughs> but I was like, I watching like that part of that movie. I was like, oh my god! I was like, they're so sweet. This is such a lovely tale. I was like, yeah. like, uh, Which, but I feel like every episode yeah. I'm like, oh my god, Megan Good. <laughs> <laughs> well, in terms of the romance in this movie, there is, you know, we have. Uh, Madge and Norman, they're on their own little little journey. They're they're mm-hmm. they're looking for for love and yeah. and tail. <laughs> and and uh, the Bill Nye and his wife, they're they're the ones that are just kind of like this is our retirement. And mm-hmm. Bill Nye is like, I want to go look at a temple. And yeah. his wife just hates being there. So yeah, much. she's like, I want to read books and not eat anything Indian. I want to eat grilled chicken. I wonder why I'm horrible. Yeah. <laughs> why I'm so angry that I'm here. <laughs> I just sit in this house with no air conditioning. Oh my God. Yeah. But then my favorite, I don't know about you, but the part of the movie that surprised me the most was Tom Wilkinson's Yeah, part. I was going to say I, too. My jaw dropped when it kind of revealed why he's there. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of was like, Honestly, I want like a whole movie that that's, I do that's too. this. Yeah. Because it was so good. Do you want to say? Yeah. So, it's revealed we see that he keeps going to like some public records office. He's looking for someone. Mm-hmm. And then he finally talks to Judy Dench and he reveals he was born in India. While he lived in India, he had a very close friend uh, who was an Indian boy and they, you know, they were the same age and they realized that they were more than friends. Mm-hmm. And he talks about like they spent like this weekend together at at this lake, and it was the happiest he's ever they've ever been happiest he's ever been in his life. But then they got found out, mm-hmm. and he Tom Wilkinson got sent back to England, and I guess you know eventually became a judge and everything. But he's net he has not seen or heard from his friend in that time, so he's come back here now that he's retired to track him down. And it, I was shocked at that because this seemed like a movie targeted at like. Baby boomers, yeah, and everything targeted for like the older generation. So it's, it was kind of shocking to me that that they went so heavily on like you know a gay romance. Yeah, part. and it made me wonder like what all of that is like in England because mm. if you're in America, uh, for all of our American listeners, <laughs> which I'm sure there are, if if you're listening, you're probably in America. Yeah. <laughs> I think our stats on that were 100 percent American. And, um, but I like here we, we love our foreign <laughs> listeners, yeah. though, our perspective foreign <laughs> listeners. There, hey, some of my friends are gonna go abroad in the summer, so maybe we'll oh, have there we go a couple. <laughs> but um, 
I thought it was pretty cool that in 2012 they had this movie where all these old people are finding out their friend is gay, and they were all just like, okay. Yeah. Like, they, well, it's like, are you going to change him? Yeah, like, yeah. Even Maggie Smith, who was racist, was like, <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> um, and uh, so I thought that was nice because mm. sometimes, like, you know, I, I don't know what being gay is like in England or in mm. India. But especially because, I mean, he was a young gay boy in, like, what, like the 70s, 50s, 60s? 60s? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Like, and that's why mm-hmm. I was like, I want a whole movie about this because yeah. that that transition of like mm-hmm. we couldn't be together then, but like what are we like now? Yeah, they've lived because he kind of has this idea of like, oh, did I ruin this? Like this person I care about, did I ruin his life? Like was he Oscar sized? All this stuff, mm-hmm. but so it then eventually happens in the movie that. They reunite. They find each other. Yeah. And that scene made me cry. Aww. It was so it was so beautiful. <laughs> no, I also got like goosebumps. I mm-hmm. my jaw like you said my I like oh my jaw dropped. Mm-hmm. I was like it was surprisingly sweet. And that uh, like uh, him and Minaj. And of course like they can't actually be together cuz yeah. Minaj has a, a wife now. Yeah. And that's all handled really well too. It's not like oh like oh she doesn't she didn't know and it's this whole dramatic thing. It's like no she knew, but it's also not like uh, Tom mm-hmm. Wilkinson's gonna be with him. Kind yeah, of thing. it's like it's just, just yeah. is what it is. Because because the moment that happens, they like he find he finally finds out from the public records where this person is. He goes there, a woman answers, who's his wife, and then I forget what he says, but he's like, oh, like if he like you know if he's if you could tell him this, yeah, that'd be amazing. And then she just like she kind of is giving like she knows who he is just from saying that. And then she just kind of steps out, steps forward in the door, and then calls to like a group of guys across the street yeah. playing cards. And then one of them just stands up, turns around, and you just have the. We're very far away from them, and you have that moment of them walking up together and mm-hmm. just hugging. Yeah, and it's so sweet. It was kind of tense at first because I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, how's he gonna react? And then mm-hmm. I was like, "They can't do this to me! Like, don't make it sad!" Yeah. And then when they hugged, I was like, "Oh my god!" It's so beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> it was so sweet. I'm, get, I'm getting emotional just thinking about that yeah. part. Like, I if. I would want a whole movie yeah, out of that story. For real. But, okay, so then I guess the other story we should talk about is Maggie Smith. As, we, as we've mentioned, <laughs> she is racist. Yeah. Uh, I do, but I like it because the movie's, it's not, like, like all in the family. We're, there's no mistaking, like, that we're supposed to love her, that she's ra- <laughs> love her when she's racist. Oh, like, uh, all in the family is uh, Archie. Yeah, Archie Bunker. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's the one that we watched in the film class that had uh, yeah. Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that one's like, what? I just don't think gay people deserve to live. Laugh and we're track. like, womp, womp, yeah. Archie Bunker. And uh, uh, I just hate black people. <laughs> but this one, it's like, there's an early scene where, before they go to India, where she, like a hospital person is taking her, taking her home in a wheelchair, and she's saying all this stuff about people in India and all this stuff, and then the hospital clerk just like stops and leaves her in the middle yeah. of the day. It's like you can get yourself up, um, and then she's like, "What? What? You're supposed to get me up my stairs?" Uh-huh. And he's like, "My wife's from Mum- from Mumbai." Yeah, that was a good moment. Just be like, "Okay, yeah, we know she is a horrible person." Yeah, I like that, and I like that they gave her a good reason. Because it's like, why would a person like this ever go to India? Yeah, and it's like, oh, because she can't get a hip anywhere else. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, that's a good reason. Yeah, which <laughs> it reminded me. Um, because my mom got a hip replacement a few years ago, mm-hmm. and she when she got it, because it was a long like recovery process. She basically had to learn to walk again, kind of. Oh or it was that's how it makes sense. I think that's a little more extreme than that, but like it was very painful. And so there were some points where she got very 
pit. <laughs> just like, you know, it's not even like anything you do. It's just like, she, it's so much pain. Uh-huh. So there's some moments with Maggie Smith where I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> but yeah, so she has kind of, she has a, a nice redemption. She mm-hmm. she learns she learns not to be racist. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, like there's a like maid at the hotel who like brings her food, which I did have a weird point with because she brings her food and then just like throughout as it goes, like she starts kind of like, well, the maid doesn't speak English, yeah. um, but she just kind of starts like acknowledging her and stuff, just like, you know. Thank yeah. her for her food. And, like, she says something about how she's sweeping. Yeah, because we learned that Maggie Smith used to be a nanny or, like, mm-hmm. maid for this other family in England. Yeah, for a rich family. And, like, she, you know, she treated the kids like they were her own, but then they got a new nanny and kind of threw her out. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, because the maid, like, at some point invites invites Maggie mm-hmm. Smith to meet, like, her family, her very big family. Yeah. And... She has a translator with her, and she's like, why? Why'd you do that? And she's like, you're the only one who acknowledges her. And I'm like, yeah. what are the uh, why aren't the others? Like, they're nice. The other yeah. adults at the um, at the hotel. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that because I just accepted it because mm-hmm. I learned in high school about the Indian caste system, yeah. which, like, I don't think is a thing anymore, question mark? I'm not qualified to speak <laughs> on this. But, like, uh, you know, because Tom Wilkinson says, like, oh, they used to, they used to refer to her as an, un- an untouchable. And so I just assumed that, you know, she's used to people not really giving her the time of day. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, that's a good point because I didn't think about, like, you know, why is Judy Dench not talking to her? (laughs) Why why is Judy Dench and and Tom Wilkinson, why are they just like, do not look at me? (laughs) Yeah. Like, but I did think that was a good – I thought Maggie Smith was a really good character. It felt – I mean, it did have that feeling of, like, you know, someone came up with this character because they're such a good, like, foil, you know? Yeah. But I thought – even besides that, she was a very well-written character in that she, like, you know, it's like she needs this thing, but she has to do this. Yeah. And then it's like she doesn't like these people, but she can relate to them. Like, yeah. So it's really She cool. learns to love them, and then eventually, yeah. you know, it all works out. Mm-hmm. Um, she ends up kind of being the hero. Kind of, yeah. She yeah. kind of saves the day at the end. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, so I guess we can get to the e- more to the end of... Mm-hmm. There is, the movie is kind of weird because it's so many characters. There are some points where I swear to God, Deb Patel disappeared for like 20 minutes. Yeah. But it's because there's so many other stories we're following. Yeah. But we get to the end. The mo- Deb Patel's mom is deciding we're, we're going to sell the hotel. They're going to tear it down, whatever. And then Maggie Smith, because not only was she like the nanny for this rich family, she also was their bookkeeper that she mentioned. So she runs the numbers. Uh, yeah. On all of their on all their stuff and finds out that yep this hotel can be viable, mm-hmm. which I I don't know how she figured that out. But yeah, it's literally one <laughs> line see. where she goes, Let's "I see. took care of the money." Let's see, no no money, no input, none of this, but it can make money. Yeah, yeah. I thought she was gonna like just use her charm to convince uh, Mr. Maruthi, which I guess she kind of did. She kind of did. She, yeah, yeah, she talks she to him again. A, yeah, another yeah. man to invest in the hotel but yeah everything there's a real low point where yes. oh my gosh uh, because it hurt uh, it hurt me so much <laughs> it was very conflicting because like on one hand i really didn't like jean because she was such a wet blanket about being in mm-hmm. india and like i am someone who i love to travel mm-hmm. i have i've gotten been very lucky in that i've gotten to like go to a few a few mm-hmm. other countries but I've never been like, oh, I gotta get to India. Not because I don't like it, but yeah. I just never, it's not been t- high on my list. Mm. But watching this movie, I was like, I would for sure go to India. Yeah. And then like, so seeing her be like such a stick in the mud, I was like, oh, whatever. Yeah. When they're headed to India, she's like, oh, it's gonna be an exotic adventure, all mm. this stuff. But then when it's like, 
but then actually confronted with it, she's just kind of crumbles yeah. completely and shuts down. Yeah. But I did, they managed to get me because I was like, oh, and then maybe this is this speaks to the actor because, you know, she's just a, mm. a sweet old lady. And she's, like in Shaun of the Dead, she's a really sweet. Yeah. Um, Penelope Wilton. Yeah, shout out. She, because even though she was like very unlikable at times, at the end, so the low point, she, their daughter like has borrowed a lot of their money. Yeah, and that's, why, that's why they don't have much retirement savings. Yeah. She, they, they borrowed a bunch of money for her, for a tech startup. Yeah. And then they get word that it's uh, finally worked out. They can come back to England. But at this point, Bill Nye has started to perhaps have a little crush on Judy Dench. Mm-hmm. And she perhaps feels the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's married. But to a to a, <laughs> to a, a hag. Yeah. We know it's loveless. Yeah. We know he's <laughs> as a highwayman uh, bewitched by a banshee upon the moors. But... <laughs> but <laughs> What do you expect me to say to that? <laughs> what, what, what do I say to a guy like you? What do I say to that? <laughs> but you're leaving a major part out of the low point. What's that? When Tom Wilkinson dies. Oh! <laughs> oh, my God. Tom Wilkinson, after he has this beautiful reunion, I think it's the next day. Literally. He comes home and he's talking to Norman in, like, their yard, and he's sitting yeah. there, and then Norman leaves. He's sitting there alone, and he has this kind of pained look in his face, like, maybe there's something wrong emotionally. And then Judy Dench comes to talk with him, and then we she sees that he has died. Yeah. And then we learn that he has he came to India to meet him because he had a heart condition. Yeah. And knew that he had limited time. Which I didn't know how I felt about. It. I didn't know. How, yeah. I was like, why did they reveal it that way? Because I feel like I knew he was gonna die because Judy Dench came over and was like saying something, and then she stops in her tracks and looks yeah. at him, and I was like, okay, he's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like. <sighs> I don't know what it would have done to the story overall, but I, I feel like it makes more sense to have known that he was sick before yeah, he left. Yeah, I think, well, I think he, well, he knew that he was sick. Yeah. I think, I don't know. What I was really worried about was like when he had that, because he had a, that kind of pained look on his face when he was sitting alone, which I guess we realized was like a heart attack. Mm. But I was worried that it was just like like starting to feel like sorrow. And I was worried that she was going to come to him and he will have like killed himself. That's what I thought too. I was really worried because I thought that would have been really bad. Yeah. Um, of just like, all right, I've done my last deed. Yeah. So I think that, I think this, it's, it's a, Nice reveal, and it makes sense yeah. with everything. I think that's kind of why it rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. And I mean, once mm. they explained it, I didn't feel as bad about it. Once they were like, he had a heart condition, I was like, okay. But part of the reason it struck me the wrong way at first was because, like, he, he does his big thing and then dies. And so I was like, oh, like, yeah. just on a writing standpoint, I feel like they were like, well, this character doesn't have anything left to do. <laughs> it's time for him to die. He's completed his mission. And I was like, okay. Like, I don't know. I yeah, don't like it. Is, it does fit in that, um, you know, the stereotype now of, like, you know, if it's a gay romance, it has to be tragic, which I guess it was already tragic because they were separated for so long. Yeah, which is why I was like, I really want to see a movie where this happens and they get back together. Yeah. <laughs> Call me simple. But, but you, want him, you want him to break up with his wife? No, no, guy? no. I just want to see a movie with a he similar premise where he goes, hey, I'm also just an old single guy. And they go, uh-huh. you want to give it another try? Um, Cause I think there's a really underserved market. Let's write it. There's two. We got two straight guys here. Let's, yeah, we're two young straight guys. Let's write a movie about old gay men. I think it's time. <laughs> I do think there's a seriously underserved market. I wrote about this in my notes of movies about old people because, like, mm-hmm. there are so many. Like, whether they're coming of age movies or just you know other mm-hmm. genres, I feel like heroes are often like eighteen young. to. 30. The key demographic. Yeah, and I'm like, like even if you look at something like Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, like yeah. they're always, or Harry Potter, they're so young. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, except for Gandalf and Dumbledore. True, but the I mean, old like, wise ones. They're not the ones that are going through the yeah. change, except for Gandalf. And he dies and becomes Gandalf the White. <laughs> 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 but um, spoilers for the Fellowship of the Ring. I really liked that it was like all these old people, and they're still the main t- characters. They're still going yeah. through change. They're finding the something out about, about themselves. Them, like, yeah. And I and like I was like, okay, this is a movie about them finding a lust for life again. Mm-hmm. You know, because I I really liked. I think they did a good job in the beginning because it's a lot of like kind of slow camera movement and everything looks really kind of gross. Everything's there's like an awful shade of blue in a lot of the scenes. Yeah. And then when as soon as they get to India, like everything's bright. It has that kind of stereotypical of like <laughs> India with the like orange filter yeah. on it. Not as bad as like some movies I've seen. Sicario. Or like Extraction, <laughs> the yeah. Chris Hemsworth one. That was like, all right, it's India. Those <laughs> freaking orange. Yeah. Um, I do love that movie, but they are very guilty of that. Yeah. But, and then, like, the camera gets a lot more frenetic, like, kind mm-hmm. of gig, like, kind of the Slumdog Millionaire style. Yeah. I mean, I think they did it for a reason. Like, there's one character, I think it's Jean, covering her yeah. nose. And I was like, that's fucked. But it's to show that she's small-minded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then, you know, they're able to separately save the best exotic Marigold Hotel. Judy Dench and Bill and I get together. And the very last shot, I thought was the most, like, the most thrilling stunt ever put to film. <laughs> Because it's in slow motion, Bill Nye driving a moped with Judy Dench on the back. And you can tell, like, it's them actually driving. And, like, they pass, like, Dev Patel and his his girlfriend on Uh the other moped. And it's all in slow motion. I was like, oh, my God, if that tumbled over, Judy Dench is dead. Yeah. (laughs) That's actually, I didn't even think about that. All I could think about was, was like, how bizarre that (laughs) shot was. It was a weird. (laughs) I also realized, I was like. You can tell, like, how the character is assimilating to Mm -hmm. India based on, like, their wardrobe. Yeah. Which is also, you know, I don't know. People talk about, you know, cultural appropriation and everything. But Mm -hmm. um, because I feel like pretty quickly Judy Dench is starting to wear, like, the more, like, billowy kind of gowns. Yeah, like the kind of specific, like, scarves. Uh And, um, and... Uh, and then at the very end, when she's riding on the moped with uh, Bill Nye, he's also got like, I mean, he's still just a guy in a button up shirt, yeah. but it's more like something that Dev Patel would wear. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, but the thing that struck me as weird about it was that Bill Nye does not make eye contact with Dev Patel. He just drives straight forward and then he's raises sit, one hand. He's got, he, oh yeah, that shot, that was so weird. <laughs> he just raises like, the opposite hand looking completely straight ahead. Yeah. Which I can't blame him because if he, if he hits a wrong rock, yeah. him and Judy Dench are broken piles of yeah. human. Two, two British treasures yeah. gone. <laughs> <laughs> I I could just imagine like if that accident happened and you hear like they were horribly disfigured. It's like what happened? They let him ride a mo. They let them ride a moped. <laughs> it would sound like uh like when Harrison Ford crashes another plane. Yeah. Like, why are they still letting him fly? Yeah. Or the Millennium Falcon door falls on his yeah. ankle. <laughs> I will say I thought the obvious thing was to make Norman and Madge realize yeah, they were. I was shocked that they didn't. Yeah, do that. which I thought was kind of nice. It was mm-hmm. like no, they're just uh, like because Madge starts to help him kind of get with this other British girl. Yeah. And um. I should say, I say, girl, she's his age. It's yeah. not, it's not inappropriate. <laughs> like, it's not like a Jason Siegel, Dakota Johnson. Yeah, this other British old woman, and I like that she wasn't like, oh my god, like I wish he would look at me. Like she, like no, she's just his wing woman. Yeah, 
Which they didn't really give her. They didn't give Madge much I of agree. a resolution. Yeah. Um, they're just like, yep, she's going to keep looking for a man. I guess they, like, because at the end they're like, oh, the hotel gets better. Uh-huh. And you see a bunch more people and she's like chatting up like an older Indian man. Yeah. Very there. handsome fella. Yeah, which I thought was nice. Uh-huh. Just a little, it was a little thing for her. But yeah, I was surprised that they didn't end up together. That would have been the very, it yeah. felt like extremely obvious for them to do. Yeah. I really like the moment, the last character who gets a happy ending. I, I seriously thought, at first I thought they were just going to let Bill Nye and Gene go away, and they're like, you know, yeah. not everyone gets a happy ending. But no, <laughs> it worked out. But the last character who gets a happy ending is um, Sonny, played by Dave Patel. Dave Patel. Dave Patel. Dave Patel. <laughs> Dave Patel and, uh, and, and then his girlfriend, Sunaina, um, finally stand up to his mom and say, look, this is the woman mm. I love. Um, but before that, she has to stand up to her brother, Jay. And I thought that was a good scene because yeah, that was nice. Sunaina's hiding behind the, Top uh, of the, the stairway. Yeah. And so Dev can only see Jay. And he's like, you know, I'm here to tell her. And he's like, what do you want to tell her? And then Sunaina's like talking through her brother. She's like, yeah. ask him why he's here. Yeah. Which like I liked, but I kind of wish... Because the joke is that Dev can hear her, but he's, like, still talking through Jay. Yeah. And I'm like, I kind of wish he didn't know she was there, and that way he could say, like, I'm here to say I love her, and then we mm-hmm. can see that she hears him, yeah. but he doesn't know she hears Because this whole thing was that he was like, I can't admit it because she deserves better than me, so if I say yeah. that to her, I'm, like, trapping her. Mm-hmm. So if he had, like, said it to Jay and was like, I need to tell her this, and she just heard it, I feel like that could have been really yeah. sweet. But... <sighs> what do I know? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not an old British well, lad. And then, because they get they get back together, and then they go to confront his mother, mm-hmm. and, and, she, <laughs> and um, they're like, absolutely not, cannot allow, this is an embarrassment on our family, all this stuff. And then just like another guy who works at the hotel, like an old man, yeah. and he's like, I remember another couple who said something similar. Which it reminded me of in Spider-Man 3 when that butler comes out. He's like, your father had similar wounds. <laughs> like, this one character that we've not focused on at all is just yeah. like, I remember. <laughs> I've never seen Spider-Man 3, but it sounds... You've never seen Spider-Man not 3? Not all the way. I've That's seen, fine. like, the first half. I forgot. I, this is one of my favorite characters was uh, the ancient man whose name was <laughs> Young Wasim. <laughs> <laughs> and just most of the movie just sat there and then ended up ha- helping save the day. So how did this? How did this match your expectations? Well, I kind of went in with zero expectations. I feel like I knew that it was well-liked. I feel like I thought it was maybe more mm-hmm. of like a, a Yeah. I think I maybe thought it was more of like a drama, more of mm-hmm. like an Oscar-type movie. Mm-hmm. But then I was pleasantly surprised. I thought there was some like kind of cheesy stuff, but that's okay. Like... It was a very sweet movie, a very fun. It made me feel like, oh, like I want to, you know, there's wonder in the world. And I liked that about it. It was very nice. I think it's like two hours, so it's not too Yeah, it was two hours. Not too long. It, it flew by for me, honestly. Yes, yeah, I liked it. But yeah, I also didn't really know what to expect. I figured it'd be more lighthearted. I figured it'd be like, oh, ho, we're British. What is yeah. India? <laughs> we're going to start a hotel here. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. a very fun time. And yeah, like we talked about, like, it's not made. It's, I wouldn't say it's made for us. It's made for an older crowd. It's, but it was nice to see a movie like that. Yeah, and it was like uh, I, I, I actually came to like the characters more than I thought I would, and yeah. to the point that I was like, I might need to check out the sequel. Yeah, I want to see what happens hey, to them if we make it there. You know, yeah, if we make it. What is it? Two years? Two or three? Yeah, something like that. Which I was like, how good did this movie even do to get a, a sequel? Because yeah, it made forty six million domestically on a ten million dollar budget. <laughs> But then internationally, 
it made ninety million. So this one or the second one? This one. Yeah. So it made a total grand total of one hundred and thirty six million dollars from ten million. From a ten million dollar budget. Wow. And yeah, I can I definitely see why they made a second one. Yeah. I think I might have had a dream about this movie or something because <laughs> I rem- I feel like I remember um, Dev Patel or someone coming out and saying, the second best. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I've never seen the movie. I don't believe I've seen the trailer, but I, I feel like I've seen this image. But uh, I will say, shout out one time. I don't know if she even listens to the show, but our friend Naomi oh, just yeah? made a, a film about an old person like kind of rediscovering oh, yeah. herself. So. I'm, excited to, I'm excited to see the finish. Yeah, the finish it's still happening. Which, <laughs> I mean, I meant to say, films about old people are yeah. still happening. Oh yeah, I did want to check like where this movie made a ton of money internationally. Yeah, it made over thirty million in the UK. That makes sense. Big. And also twenty one million in Australia. So like these actors played, played basically well. UK. Yeah, <laughs> played well in in the Empire places. Yeah, places where they uh, they still uh, know who the Queen is. <laughs> Not us. Uh, I'll dump your tea in the harbor, limey. Amen, Don't even think amen. about it. <laughs> we just high five. <laughs> I've got my flintlock ready lobster back. <laughs> All our listeners are American, so it's okay. <laughs> All right. So now we're switching to the, to this little indie darling. Yeah. <laughs> this little indie darling. Maybe you have to search it out in some theaters. You know? <laughs> Just it's, barely eked yeah. out this weekend. This little, little indie film, you probably haven't heard of it. It's called The Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> Only the biggest opening weekend of all time. Mm-hmm. Jacob, what's your history with this movie? Actually, I always have been, like, I, I find it very interesting to talk about the first Avengers and, like, the early days of the MCU because mm-hmm. I honestly the wasn't. The, oh, the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe? Oh, what's that? Oh, uh, like, you see, they, uh, <laughs> I know this film kind of stands alone, but. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did they make another? They actually, there were uh, about uh, three or four leading up to this, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and several <laughs> others after. Oh, oh, oh they, make, they make like one or two more? Yeah, yeah. A few more Avengers, about uh, uh, 20 others. <laughs> um, but um, I actually, when this movie came out, I wasn't a huge MCU guy. Mm-hmm. I think we've talked about like superhero movies a little bit. But like when I was Very growing up and... Um, and uh, and these were coming out and like, but up until you know Iron Man, and even including Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, like superhero movies to me didn't mean MCU. It was just like, yeah. oh, this movie is about a hero, usually yeah. an origin story. Mm-hmm. Unless it, it was is a Spider Man, it is exactly Batman Begins. It's X Men. It's yeah. you know um, Fantastic Blade. Four, <laughs> Blade. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't really count Hellboy as a superhero, but I think he's yeah. technically in that genre. Yeah, he's um, an adaptation. Yeah, and um, and I'm a big Hellboy fan, mm-hmm. but. Um, so anyway, like at the time, I always try to think back and be like, how was I thinking back then? Because I remember what I thought about superhero movies mm. and what I think now of the MCU. And I'm like, did I know? Like, did I process <laughs> it as this huge event? I think I probably just thought, oh, like they made these movies and now they're making one with all of them together. Like that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I didn't had no idea what it was going to become. Yeah. And I, um, I don't know if anyone did. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like I had friends who were super into it like my friend Ricky shout out mm-hmm. was a huge like fan of all the movies and he I remember I literally remember the day it was coming out 
because mm-hmm. we were in class together and he was like, oh my God, it's Avengers this weekend. I can't believe it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I remember also like riding with my dad to school that day. I was 12, couldn't drive then. Don't <laughs> shame me. But um, <laughs> Couldn't walk uphill both ways. <laughs> but my dad was driving to school and we used to listen to Kid Craddock in the morning, RIP. <laughs> And uh, is that a San Antonio thing? Or, I, it might be. I don't, I know. don't know. I um, I didn't listen, but I'm familiar with, with yeah. the name. But they had this kid on every once in a while who was a big Marvel <laughs> fan. And so they had him on and he was like, um, he was like, yeah, I went to the thing where like we watched the Hulk and Iron Man, Captain America. Oh, yeah, the Thor, whole marathon. Yeah, all did. the way leading up. Mm. Um, and he was like, it's really great to see them all together. Um but anyway, I definitely saw it that weekend. Not maybe not that weekend, but I saw it in theaters. And honestly, I don't think I thought that much of it. I was like, oh, this is a cool like action-adventure movie, but it doesn't really mean that much to me. Mm-hmm. It's kind of how I feel about a lot of Marvel movies now where I'm just like, cool, and then I move on with yeah. my life. <laughs> um, it definitely didn't like register with me as a huge mm-hmm. cultural event. I literally did not see it. For ten years, yeah, that's. that's <laughs> I that. haven't seen it since the theaters. That's not that it's been ten years. Yeah, I, for uh, real. The thing that blows my mind is realizing that we only have like three, two or three years until Force Awakens is ten years yeah. old. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that to me was like a huge yeah. event. But anyway, uh, I watched it again last night on Disney Plus. I honestly, l- I think I liked it more now than I did then because I was able to like kind of look retrospectively Mm -hmm. at these characters and be like, wow, so much has changed and and like, and so much still worked back then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like you had a different experience with the Avengers growing up. So, okay. 10 years ago, I would, I trying to think where to begin. Where (laughs) does this all begin? Cause the Avengers and like superhero movies specifically, I remember was kind of my gateway into movies in general. Uh Like I remember, Kind of one of the first Christmases that, like, because, like, when I was a kid, like, my big thing was, like, Legos. Like, up in, uh-huh. like, especially oh, when I was, like, 10, 11. Same, yeah. Like, you know, for Christmas, I got a million Lego sets. And then there was one year I wanted some, I don't know if I wanted or I got, I ended up with getting a bunch of movies. Like, I got, like, uh, Batman Begins and the Dark Knight. I got Incredible Hulk. I got... Couple other small ones, oh, like Fantastic Four. I got uh-huh. that one. It was a it was a wide swath of them, <laughs> um, but I remember just being like, I would be, I was obsessed with that. I was just obsessed with them, just I think because like they were superheroes. But then it was interesting because like I I didn't see Iron. The first MCU movie I saw in theaters was the first Captain America, which is right before this one. Um, and then I watched, oh wow, Thor was before Captain America. Yeah, it went it went Iron Man in two thousand eight, then. Iron Man 2008, and then that same year, The Incredible Hulk. They kind of came yeah. out. They came out with two, and then two years later, they did Iron Man two, and then the next year they did Thor and Captain America. I think wow. Thor came out in like March, and then Captain America came out in the summer. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, I remember like getting renting like the rest from Redbox at some point mm-hmm. and watching the. I did get Iron Man that Christmas. I remember. I did get that. I watched that one a lot. But yeah, like. This so for Captain America was the first one I had seen in theaters, and then there was something about like when I saw the trailer for this movie. I distinctly remember this trailer so well. I remember the line watching this movie now. I remember the lines from it. I remember obsessively watching YouTube to try to find any information I could on this, 
I remember seeing, do you remember there's a part in the movie where Captain America is like telling the cops what to do and then yeah. two aliens attack him? I remember seeing a leaked behind the scenes footage of someone from a million miles away with a with a camera <laughs> getting that and it's just him like, you know, some stuntman like walking through the points and hitting some stuntmen. Yeah. Um, I remember like people being like, what are even the, what are the aliens in this movie? And then finally someone on YouTube being like, we had no from a leaked Lego set yeah. that they're called this. I remember that. And so I was like obsessed with this movie and I remember seeing it. I remember, oh God, I still remember being mad at my mom because she wouldn't let me skip school the Thursday before <laughs> it came out because they were at the local theater. They were pl- doing like the whole marathon of all uh-huh. of them leading up to it. And I was like, mom, I have to, <laughs> I have uh-huh. to skip school. <laughs> <laughs> I did not win that argument. Yeah. Uh, and then I saw it that weekend. I think it was that Sunday, maybe, with a group of, like, eight friends, which is very hard looking back on it because it's not like now where you can just reserve eight seats together. Uh-huh. You had to show up and <laughs> work yeah. for those. Yeah. To get and those when you're a kid, you have to get rides there. You can't, oh, yeah. yeah. There was, like, two moms that had to yeah. do it on separate deals. I think, yeah, we were on chaperone for that maybe. Mm-hmm. Or maybe some moms came too. I don't remember. Uh-huh. But I remember seeing it, and I remember it was – I think when I first saw it, I had the experience of, like, I had built this movie up so much in my head that watching it, I was like, okay, it was exactly what I expected. Like, uh-huh. I, ha- I had a great time watching it. Like, the whole theater died laughing at all, all the right moments. Uh, but then I remember just, like, we went to a pizza place after, and I was like, yeah, I mean – yeah, it was what I expected. Like, I'd been building this up in my head forever. And then I think I saw it again, like, with my mom, because she was curious, because it was the biggest movie ever. Uh-huh. And so she took me, and I remember seeing it, and I'm like, okay, yes, yes, I do. Yeah. I like this a lot. My, I'm over, like, the building up my expectations too much. And then, so, I'm a big MCU fan. I'm invested at this point. <laughs> there is a lot right now. The, the, the Disney Plus shows are kind of pushing me in terms of yeah, how much to keep up with. Um, but I I still really like the MCU. I think what they've done is very admirable. I think they get a little too much shit just because they're, they're the one who did it right. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas all the other imitators are just trying to copy yeah. them. And being Looking a- at you, Dark Universe. <laughs> <laughs> being around so many, like, film people, there it's kind of... Mm-hmm. Especially in yeah in film school <laughs> yeah and you're and people are definitely entitled to like not like it and and there are definitely some people who that's just not their bag you know yeah. um, which is fine yeah but I I get a beef out of people who still go to see them and they're like why do people even like this and yeah because like, well they keep making it because people keep seeing it yeah and it's something people are talking about that's my thing like I'm always like okay so don't watch it if you don't yeah. like it like. Because I am not a huge MCU guy, but I ended up going to see most of them because it was like I wanted to hang out with my friends and they were going it's to see big, it. It's the big movie. Yeah, and I didn't have a bad time or anything. Like yeah. I, I enjoyed watching all of them. But Although looking back because you were saying you didn't see – um, uh, you the first one you saw was Captain America. I, it makes I think me I, wonder. Had, I had seen – like I think the first one I actually watched ever was Iron Man 2. Oh, wow. Because it was at Redbox one yeah. day. <laughs> And I, I do not remember why, but I remember being very bored by it, <laughs> which holds up. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's, it's okay. Mm, the best but, part of it is the guy with the whips. <laughs> yeah, that one scene at the racetrack is yeah. really cool. But uh, so I'm a big MCU fan. I probably watched it. I definitely saw it like twice in theaters. I definitely at least watched the at like the end action scene and stuff because that's what I do when I was young. And For I, sure. I own this on iTunes. I think before I think I pre-ordered it on iTunes. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the day, but like I would just skip to like the action scenes because you know, uh-huh. what, who's gonna stop me? Yeah, and then uh, 
And then I last time I distinctly remember rewatching it was I watched I rewatched the entire MCU leading up to Infinity War. Wow. So 2018, yeah, four years ago, and that was I remember still being like, yes, I like this movie a yeah. lot. Which we, that was a great experience of like because I I had like a month or I think I had planned out over like two months. And uh-huh. I pounded through all of them. Yeah. Watching this movie kind of made me want to do that. Because, like, I haven't mm. seen a l- – especially the early ones, I haven't yeah. seen, like, since they came out. Mm-hmm. I've seen Iron Man a little more recently because my um, dear friend and former roommate, Anthony, mm-hmm. is a huge Iron Man fan. Mm-hmm. So, like, we watched Iron it. Iron Man is really good. Yeah. I – he would kill me for saying this. I think – watching it again recently, I thought it was fine. Oh, um, but, um, but also, like – I think I just have slightly different tastes because, like, the movie that got me in and made me go, like, this is incredible mm-hmm. was Guardians of the Galaxy. That one that one was my favorite for a yeah. long time. I think it's still – it's my favorite that's not Endgame or Infinity War. I like, those, yeah. just, those are just, like, they're an entirely yeah. different beast. I don't think there's anything else like those. For real. I love Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw, you know how many times I saw Guardians of the Galaxy in theaters? How many? Five times. That's my record for yeah. uh, um, the number of times I've seen a movie in theaters. Not Guardians of the Galaxy. It was uh, Indie Darling Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but speaking of Taika Waititi, even though I worship Taika Waititi, I still think I like Guardians more than Ragnar- Thor yeah. Ragnarok because um, I think it just has more heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I love Guardians of the Galaxy. It's so good. Um, but yeah, so I guess I didn't say what I think thought of it now. Watching Avengers now, it I brought me right back. Aww. It brought me right back to when I was twelve. I felt yeah. like like there was a specific part, like when the title came up and that music blares. I was legitimately in my apartment pumping my fist. Yeah. like, let's go. Yeah, I was just gonna say it was crazy to see some of the stuff, like mm-hmm. the original Marvel logo. Yeah, I was. Um, I voted that like it's before this the fancy new one. Yeah, and I like the old one. Yeah, call me crazy. I like it too. Yeah, but uh, the thing that really blew my mind, I guess I'm just a numbskull, was when it came up and said Paramount. Yeah, I was like, oh my god. There was a time before Disney. Like yeah. I was like, this is crazy. Well, it's Disney owned them at this point. Um, oh, they did. Marvel was its own. They were they were on their own. They were a comic company, and they made a movie studio out of that, which is Marvel Studios. And then they their first because they were an independent studio basically. Yeah. Iron Man was a co production with Paramount, and then I think there's a deal with Universal on the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Because there's because I think. There was a Hulk ride so. at Universal yeah. Studios. But that because I think they definitely made the Ang Lee Hulk. I don't know how that all works. I don't know if Paramount was involved in the Incredible Hulk. But then 2009, Disney buys Marvel for $4 billion. Uh, and, I remember that. But then I think their deal extended until the Avengers. Mm. So, like, Paramount is still was still involved in Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America, and the Avengers. And then going forward after that, I don't think Paramount was involved yeah. at all. Which makes me wonder, did... did, did Disney just know it was going to be like the biggest thing ever, and they were like, "I'm willing to <laughs> swing now." Um, they well, that's I mean, that's the they had really good leadership that yeah. saw potential because literally just like Iron Man had come out, and they're like, "Yep, this is a good movie." Yeah, you have made you have made nothing else besides you, the Hulk, <laughs> and then and I think especially because they were trying to appeal to boys, because oh. Disney did not like. I mean, they had like Pirates of the Caribbean, but their other stuff like you know Prince of Persia. I guess that hadn't come out at that point, but there's stuff like that. Yeah. You know, everything else was like, you know, 
Hannah Montana and yeah. stuff like that. That all appealed to girls. And like, they're, I think I saw something that they make $4 billion a year just based on princess merchandise. That's like, insane. And that, and so it's basically they took that their earnings from one year to buy Marvel. Yeah. Wow. Should we talk about the movie? Yeah, I know. We're just talking about Marvel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, well, it's nuts because it's the biggest thing ever now. And yeah. I, which I think, you know, it makes it a very easy target yeah. for, for people. Yeah, and people are like – and that's the crazy thing. Um, I will say, not to be a Debbie Downer, but as much as – because I'm not one of these guys that goes, oh, my God, I hate Marvel. It's all the same. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Like I just know that I it's not it's not my favorite thing ever, but yeah. I will go see them. Like I mm-hmm. usually because my friends go or a friend of mine goes, Do you wanna go see this? Like same with like weirder ones, like Eternals, where yeah. I had like really no interest in seeing it. Yeah. Um a friend of mine went, Do you wanna go see this? And I ended up having a good time. Yeah. Um Eternals is fine. <laughs> yeah. I like a few of the characters in it a yeah. lot. <laughs> and there are five hundred other <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um but um so I'm not going to, like, tear it down or anything. And I think what they've done, like you said, is really impressive to the point that even me, someone who's not a huge MCU guy, was crying in Endgame because yeah. I was like, this is just, like, oh my God. spectacle at its at its highest. I have friends that can attest I was bawling yeah. crying in Endgame. At the end when they oh all my come God. in, I was like, this is incredible. I was like, this is this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Yeah. I'm going to get so roasted alive for this. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, there are people with pitchforks outside of the, the studio right now. But All the film students. All that being said, I will say that um, there are a lot of people on Twitter and stuff who will complain about like the state of cinema and it's mm. like, whatever. Because I saw a lot of people online being like, I'm a film school professor and and kids these days they just want to make superhero movies they don't care about anything else and I'm like that's not true no. like I mean <laughs> that's maybe wrong. It's, maybe it's true at your film school in Omaha Nebraska yeah. or it's like maybe it's true if you're just like talking to a like a like a regular class like oh what movies have you seen and it's like oh yeah. I saw Spider-Man yeah but I'm like I haven't met anyone who's like my dream is to make Spider-Man 4 <laughs> and like uh but anyway uh what I will say there is some credence to is Everyone gave Martin Scorsese shit because he said the thing about superhero movies being amusement park rides. Yeah. And I think that was misunderstood Like, because I think yeah. people weren't – he wasn't saying, oh, they're bad. He might have been saying they're not for me. But I think what he was saying, which should be listened to, yeah. is that if we only give our money to Venom yeah. and Morbius, yeah. oh, then we will, we will yeah. lose out on everything everywhere mm-hmm. all at once and the Northmen. Yeah. And it's like – so it's important as much as we love the Avengers and superheroes – to go see, yeah. if they interest you, don't obviously, it's stupid to be like, go pay money to see something you don't want to see. But if you have even an inkling of interest in these other movies, go see them because yeah. we don't want the mid-range budget to die. Well, because then it's, my thing is always, it's like, oh, Hollywood only wants to make superhero movies. Hollywood doesn't care at all what they're making. Yeah. Hollywood will, is so reactionary mm-hmm. that it's like, so, oh, uh, superhero movies, team up movies, they're big. We need to make, we like, everyone's like, all right, dig up whoever we can buy, whoever we can put out. We'll do anything. We'll do more yeah. We'll do Magnificent uh, Seven because there's a team in it. <laughs> Oh, oh God! You know an executive pitch. Okay, what if we make a movie for each of the seven and then build up to to the big uh, the big team up? But oh my God. yeah, it's because like the big thing is the audiences. People vote with their dollars what they yeah. want to see. They vote with the tickets that they buy, and so it's a thing. If a movie like you know The Northman doesn't do great. You know, people aren't, they're not going to put their money into a movie similar to that. But mm-hmm. if Avengers comes out and makes 
$200 million opening weekend, everyone's going to be like, okay, we want that. We want that. We want to chase that success. Because there are so many movies that come out that are really good or really interesting or try something that just no one sees. Uh And then people wonder, why did this movie do it? Why aren't there original movies? That's always the question of Hollywood doesn't make original movies. They do. People don't see them. Yeah. That's why I, I mean, I know I'm just one person and I know you're similar, but I'm Mm -hmm. like, I'll go see stuff <laughs> like yeah. just because it's different. I'll see anything. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, especially now I'm a little more busy and have a hard mm-hmm. time. But like freshman year, sophomore year, I was like going to see everything. Yeah. And like, I was like, I was like, <laughs> the real world of money hasn't hit me yet. I'm going to go see yeah. Gloria Bell. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to love like a like a AMC, oh, like the, yeah. the, the movie pass it's replacements. I had movie pass. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, it was so good. The I, glory days until it crashed and burned. <laughs> it's also weird. This is neither here nor there, but it's weirdly easier for me to like go out to the theaters and see something mm-hmm. than it is for me to justify like just sitting at home and watching something. Because yeah. I feel like if I'm at home, I'm like, well, I've got work. I, I could should be, be doing, doing this other stuff. Yeah. I could be doing this stuff while watching the movie, uh-huh. baby. But if I go, I'm going out to the movies. It's, I'm, so, it's so fun. It's such a fun event. Yeah. And you go, nothing else can bother me. I turn mm-hmm. my phone off. Anyway, I think I think people play. I think the MCU is a very easy target. I think they do they do get a little homogenized, especially as you've kind of gone on. But I think they are not, you know, the villain of everything. They're still yeah. fun movies. They give me a great time most every time. Yeah, and I think you know if you want original movies, go see original movies. Yeah. And more will be made. It is interesting. Yeah, and go see Northman so that uh, when I, in 10 years, <laughs> they'll let me make the historical epic I want to make. It was interesting to see, because I haven't watched a lot of this Phase 1 stuff in a long time, to to see how, like, because mm-hmm. in my mind it's not that different, but now watching it, I'm like, yeah. oh, wow, like, the Disney era is different. Yeah. It's, like, more colorful and not not colorful, but, like, you know, the way that, Things have mm-hmm. definitely found a look now. Yeah, yeah. I think definitely the CGI. Mm-hmm. I think we t- we talked about this in, er- in an earlier episode about how like CGI is a lot more noticeable now. Yeah, for some everything reason. seems a little more waxy. Yeah, glossy. Mm-hmm. Like I look at the cave troll in Lord of the Rings that came out in two thousand one, yeah. and it still looks real to me compared mm-hmm. to stuff that yeah. comes out today. Well, because even like I would say like the special effects here are kind of flawless yeah like i don't know if there's like maybe a few shots that look kind of whack a few green screen stuff mm-hmm. um but like compared to stuff like i think i remember s- starting around like civil war which i i think i really love that movie but mm-hmm. there's some stuff where there's one shot with iron man where he's talking and you can tell like basically every single thing is digital besides robert downey jr's head yeah well i actually wanted to ask you is there is the iron man suit real in this movie I believe so. I know for I know for a fact for the first one they built a lot of Iron Man suits, a lot yeah. of ones like especially that the the Mark One that he does like that yeah. that was a real that was a real Hulk thing yeah. <laughs> that they had to march through. But because yeah, there are some shots here where I'm like, that's got to be a real suit. Yeah, like the part there's a part where he's I think he's like it's after Thor kicks his ass and he's oh like, yeah he's getting, he's getting up. up from it looks so real. Yeah, because I was like that is that can't be a CGI shot because the way the shot the camera's moving yeah like it didn't look it did not look CGI and at the all. way he's like interacting with stuff and like yeah. the 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 joints of his armor are moving mm-hmm. it looks so real. Yeah, that I think is the biggest. I think. After this movie, the Iron Man suits get infinitely worse. Yeah, they, they infinitely really less interesting. Yeah, like yeah. they still get like I, I in Infinity War, I think it works well for that movie, like the nanotech 
mm-hmm. armor. I think they do inter- a lot of interesting stuff with it, but it just it looks so computer generated. Yeah, Whereas this real. one, the that suit looks like you could touch it. Yeah, and that's a they like they they start to do more and more complicated things with it, mm-hmm. which I get. Like you have to you have to up the ante, mm-hmm. but it, yeah, it it really. I miss when it was a little chunkier. <laughs> yeah, I did. I was looking through the IMDb trivia, and there was a thing, which, yes, this is a Joss Whedon film, second film oh, that we've yeah. covered. This four one, episodes. The, the second he's written that we've covered, but first we've covered that he's directed. Mm-hmm. And he did mention that he hated Iron Man's kind of Tinkerbell pose that he does, where he's like, oh, he yeah. holds his hand, like he's having his hands propel him. Uh-huh. And so he that's why Iron Man has kind of a jetpack on oh, his yeah. back. In this one, which I, I think that. looks a lot better. And th- they said that's why he has more of, like, a cowboy stance when he's in the air. Oh, which yeah. I think, especially, like, when he uh, when uh, he puts the second suit on and confronts Loki. Yeah. It's kind of that stance. Interesting. I never noticed that. It was very interesting to see all my old friends. And it was, like, kind of refreshing to be like, oh, there's not a million Avengers. There's just yeah, these there's five. five. <laughs> yeah. Five or six. Is, let's see. Let's six. name them. Hulk, Hulk Captain America, America, Iron Man. Thor, Black, Black Widow, Widow, and Hawkeye. Hulk. So oh, six. Hawkeye. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, speaking of, I feel like when this movie came out, everyone everyone in seventh grade talking about who's your favorite Avenger. <laughs> who's your favorite Avenger? What, what was yours? Who was your who Back was your then, guy? mine was Thor, okay. which I feel like tracks for me, like fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, a god. A god <laughs> fights with a hammer and lightning. It's badass. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, he's still badass. But- with my sensibilities now, I really like Thor now that he's, like, funny. Like, yeah. watching him when he was so proper and, yeah. like, almost Shakespearean. <laughs> it's so, he, he has gone through the most radical change yeah. in the, throughout this series. It's so different. Like, he still has a couple jokes, but they're more, like, tough guy jokes. Yeah. Where he's they like, definitely realized they're just like, wait, Chris Hemsworth is hilarious. Yeah. And something I actually, I recently just watched a video. Like I said, I really love Taika Waititi. I watched a video where he's in a... Uh, like a kind of a blockbuster, but it's in mm-hmm. France. I don't know what they call it. He's just going through movies and talking about why he likes them and how they've inspired him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, that makes perfect sense. He pulled out Big Trouble in Little China <laughs> and said that uh, Jack Burton, as portrayed by Kurt Russell, oh, yeah. was a big influence, influence yeah. for Thor. And I was like, that makes perfect sense. But yeah, I really love Thor now. Very excited for Thor. My favorite this time watching it, now that I'm older, oh. I really like Cap now. Like, oh, yeah. I, I like that mm. he's... Um, I think Good. I just like heroes that are just honorable. Yeah. And um, I liked that. I, at first, he started to lose me because he was, like, being a little too goody two-shoes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Cap, you don't <laughs> just have to follow orders. But then he, like, he went against the status quo and he dug mm-hmm. up the Hydra weapons. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Uh, I I think my favorite back then was Iron Man, mm-hmm. I want to say. Iron Man is a cool one. Yeah. Um, I remember Captain America, I think it – I. Right after this movie in Winter Soldier is when Captain America really started to work for me. Mm-hmm. I think by the time you get to Civil War, he's he's my favorite. Yeah. And like, oh, God, the end of Endgame. Where I, end, oh, uh, I agree with what I was just uh, thinking about destroys it. me. Yeah. I, I love, and when I rewatched all of the movies before Infinity War, the one that had the most kind of radical, like, improvement on rewatch uh-huh. was the first Captain America. That oh, movie, wow. That movie, I think, knows so wholeheartedly what it is. And it's so, like, Captain America has not really changed. Mm-hmm. Like, his, they, it's not like Thor where they kind of figured it out. They kind of reworked it. Captain America in the first one is so, it's like, he's so honorable, but in a way that's still interesting. He's uh-huh. presented with so much. 
yeah. that he has to that has to work around his morals. Yeah. And yeah, I agree with you. Like I have seen people who are just like, oh, he's boring. Like yeah. oh, he just does the right thing. And it's like, but there's something compelling when no one else yeah. <laughs> is committed to that. That's what I think. Like, I really like, char- I mean, <laughs> there's characters like Paddington who are yeah. like, you know, <laughs> who are just good. And, but they're, they're not in worlds where they're jeopardized a lot, you mm-hmm. know, but I feel like I love characters. Except for Nicole like, Kidman true. and uh, Hugh, Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant. Jon Snow or mm. Aragorn. Like, they're these characters that are up against insane odds, but mm-hmm. they still are like, I can do what's right. Yeah. Um, I do think he gets a little short shrifted in this one. Mainly two things the costume. <laughs> the costume looks like pajamas. I kind of like it. I like how colorful it is. Yeah. <laughs> I think they didn't really figure. I love the costume in the first one, but they didn't really figure out how to get like the modern one until. Civil War, I'll say. Because, yeah. I mean, like, the second one, he has, like, a spy one, and then he puts on the the old one uh-huh. from the first movie. Um, but, yeah, this one, it's just, like, it looks really weird on the head. Uh-huh. Like, it just has, like, it's... It, I remember as a kid being like, this looks weird. Yeah, it does look kind of like weird, a Halloween weird, costume. Weird, colorful boots. Yeah. Is it... Um, in the first movie, he has, like, he has more, like, brown on him, right? And he has, like, kind of yeah, a helmet. Yeah, he has, like, ban- like bandoliers and yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's much more of a helmet. Uh-huh. Um, it's very much, like, I remember Captain America always sounded like a dumb superhero. It's like, what, he has a shield? Who cares? Yeah. And then seeing, I remember seeing the trailer for ca- the first Captain America movie, and then you see him, like, kick open a barn door, and he has the outfit, and he's wielding a pistol. And I was yeah. like, oh, my God, Captain America's packing. Yeah, yeah. No, it's sweet. <laughs> oh, and then this one, he uses a gun, too, like, when they're repairing the engine. Oh, yeah, <laughs> And I was does. laughing at that. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess he is a, a an experienced marksman. Yeah. I thought that was interesting, too, his, like, relationship with Cap- or with uh, Iron Man. Yeah, he's you like, can see right here. They're mm. they're already building to what? It's a civil war. Well, I guess they're not really building to it. It's just that conflict is innately yeah. in that relationship. Which, going back to Kid Craddock in the morning, I, <laughs> I remember that kid saying on that, inter- which is strange that I mm-hmm. remember this radio show well, so well 10 years later, but he was saying, like, he was like, oh, they were asking, like, okay, what do you think of Avengers? Because he had seen it, like, the night before or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, it's really interesting how they do, like, the kind of who's going to be the leader, Iron Man or Cap. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, he's right. Like, it is interesting. I will say, maybe controversially, that I do think Iron Man is a cool character. And I think, and I really like him. And I wrote mm-hmm. his is very charming. But there were a lot of times where I was kind of siding with Cap. I was like, hey, man, he's just being a prick. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, even though I think when Civil War came out, I told everyone I was Team Iron Man. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I was Team Cap. All the way. I got screaming matches over this stuff. <laughs> we'll see you in a couple years. We'll oh, get my to God. It. <laughs> we're, we're, oh, if we do that, we're going to need to get a poster of yeah, us yeah. fighting. <laughs> One night only. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So Captain America, I think he gets a little short-tripped by the costume mainly. But also, did you notice Chris Evans's wig? I didn't really, but I didn't know mm-hmm. that like there was a whole thing about him having long hair and then cutting it for Ragnarok. No, not Chris Hemsworth. Chris Evans. Oh, oh, no, I did not at all realize it. No, yeah, he has basically, like, not, like, he has, like, almost a shaved head, kind of. Like, it was super short. Uh And then he has basically just, like, a toupee on, like, a blonde toupee on top of it. And when you (laughs) notice it, it's really noticeable. And I remember that some people talking about that when it came out of just, like, oh, like, people, like, people aren't, like, super connected to Captain America. Like, his movie did kind of the worst out of, like, all of them, like it did fine, but it, which also can contribute to like it's called Captain America. It's not going to do amazing uh-huh. <laughs> internationally, 
but there was something about like, oh, it's Chris Evans even like like it. He wasn't even willing like he's he you know wasn't even willing to get his hair right for the role and oh, stuff. Yeah. I don't know why he probably had like another. Yeah, I, guess, I he may have had another movie, but this was probably long enough. Like this movie was filming for long enough. But yeah, when you notice it, it's really noticeable. Damn, I will say on the subject of Captain America's hair, I did notice, or rather, I was watching it with my other roommate, not mm-hmm. Blake, but uh, my roommate Jet, and um, he there, and at the end in the famous shawarma scene, uh-huh. uh, Captain America's sitting with like his his, his yeah. kind of face in his I, hand. I do know why. Yeah, and he said he was growing a beard or something and had yeah. to cover it for Snowpiercer. Oh wow, that, that does not feel like it came out that mm-hmm. long ago. That, uh, cause I, I have heard that story and it's cause that end credit scene, they literally shot that scene after the premiere. They had, they had the, premiere, they had the premiere for the movie, which Marvel movies, they usually have like their premiere, like way in advance. Like I feel uh-huh. like, I feel like the civil war one was like two weeks in advance, Yeah. but they had the scene and then Robert Downey Jr. I think went up to like them and was like, what if we had this scene? <laughs> like this uh-huh. would be fun. Like it was a, like, cause they had the shawarma mention in the movie. And then they're like, what if we just do this? Uh-huh. And Chris Evans had the beard that he was growing out for Snowpiercer. And so they put a prosthetic jaw on him. Huh. And that's why he's also not eating yeah. in the scene. And he just has his beard covering his face. Because I think someone said without the, the fist covering, it looked like he had been attacked by a swarm of bees. <laughs> yeah, I kept trying to figure out other things about it. Because I was like, okay, Hawkeye's not really looking at us. So maybe something's with him. Like. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's such a. F- I did not. I did not see that scene. I saw the first end credit scene in theaters, uh-huh. and I did. <laughs> I definitely thought I knew what happened, and I did not. <laughs> I thought that was Red Skull the first time seeing it. Thanos. Yeah, the seeing Thanos, I thought that it was Red Skull. Oh, because I, I was like, oh, I just saw him in the last movie, and he vanished into space. It looked like didn't look like he died. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, Red Skull. In the time since, he's now like a uh, intergalactic conqueror. <laughs> Um, and then people were like, no, it's Thanos. And I said, who? <laughs> yeah. That's how it always goes with these movies. People are like, oh, did you know that in Eternals when uh, fucking uh, Ho- <laughs> Ho- Ho- Hoobastank and Humpty Dump show up at the end? Oh I go, no, God. I didn't. Schlimmishlam and Kamadon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's cum shot. I can't believe they brought him into a movie. <laughs> my favorite character. It's Hula Hoop and Ragdoll, and they're, and they're back for Avengers 5. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this is gonna be so big in Black Widow 2. I know it. I know it. <laughs> oh man. I wanna jump back to the beginning because yeah. I had forgotten how this movie starts. Where it's just like I think it's a good start of like, okay, you meet Nick you're with Nick Fury, uh-huh. going in, you get Shield, and they gotta introduce Hawkeye, because he had he had a small cameo in Thor. Yeah, I feel like you barely see him. Yeah, you see him for like a shot. Uh-huh. Or you see his face for like one shot. What, how'd you feel about how Hawkeye becomes a villain from a lot I, of the movie? I remember that that happened, like, because I remember people, like, joking about it, like, yeah. oh, like, he was a villain for the first Avengers. I, I did not realize it happened so fast. Yeah. It's, like, the first thing. Like, yeah, the first scene. Yeah. Which, like, I was, like, I mean, I feel kind of bad for Jeremy Renner. That I mean, mm. I don't know. Isn't he canceled? I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I like Jeremy Renner as an actor. Yeah. I don't know anything about his personal life. <laughs> but like, I know the Jeremy Renner app. <laughs> yeah. Got to get on that. Yeah. Got to get but, on that <laughs> But um, I felt kind of bad that I was like, oh, that's the team up movie. And he doesn't really get to be part of the team until the end. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think it's fine story wise. Yeah. I think it, it gives him 
like, because Black Widow had also, like, she was in Iron Man 2. She had a bigger role in that. She at mm-hmm. least got, like, a whole action scene yeah. in that one. But this one did feel like, okay, we need to introduce the audience to him. Like, it'd be weird if he's just, like, part of the team, yeah. kind of. And it also gives Black Widow a good amount of motivation. Yeah, I like that To do part. everything. I liked that they were kind of homies mm-hmm. uh, because of their similar pasts. But, yeah, I liked that. It was kind of funny, like, because I remember at the time everyone being like, oh, my God, how is he an Avenger? He just has a bow yeah. and arrow. And then watching this movie, it was kind of like, I mean, <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like he, he's really good with that bow and arrow. <laughs> I feel like he has, like, four confirmed kills yeah. in this movie. He kills, like, 12 guys. <laughs> yeah. And... Who else was going to do it? I didn't see anyone else. That's true. That's true. And uh, also, I mean, Black Widow uh, is not far from mm. that with, like, a gun. She Yeah, she has two very tiny guns. And uh-huh. I was like, she cannot carry that much ammunition on her. Yeah. But, yeah, I think it works fine for yeah. this for this one. I like I like Hawkeye a lot yeah. going forward. There like is the scene him. where he runs out of arrows. I feel like everyone mm-hmm. joked about that, and it really happens. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I do think he gets more interesting going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I never watched his standalone show, but I hear I liked it. I hear it's good. Yeah, yeah. I like the comic it's based on a lot. Mm-hmm. It it was better than the show. The <laughs> show was good. I thought he was. I thought he was good in it. Yeah, I do think it's interesting because what kind of the, I think the first person we we see Coulson at the yeah. side of the movie standing there looking looking stoic as the <laughs> helicopter lands, but then we were introduced to Maria Hill. Is she in any of the others before this? Not before this. This is her first. Okay. But this is another connection to a movie we watched last week. She, because she's played by Kobe Smulders. Uh-huh. Great who name. Is m- most known from, as a role as Robin on How I Met Your Mother. Oh. Also starring Jason Segel. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And then she went on to do the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show, I think. She was not on. She was on, like, the pilot. Oh, okay. For some reason, yeah, I thought no. she was, like, the Col- hero of Coulson that. Colson is the hero of, oh. of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Fun which, fact. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Which is interesting considering what happens to him in this movie. Wait. Yeah. What? <laughs> d- 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 is it back in time? No. He comes back? He's a robot. <laughs> oh, okay. That's they weird. Him, they made him a cyborg or, so, or something. <laughs> I watched the first, like, three episodes. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I, he is actually a surprisingly big part of this movie because he becomes their, like, he, their, like, rallying call yeah. is uh, we feel bad that Coulson died. Mm-hmm. Um, I Fun fact, I forget the actor's name, but I have met the actor who played Phil Coulson. You've met? You've met Clark Gregg? I have. Uh, not like Mr. Popper's Penguin's <laughs> own Clark Gregg? He was at San Antonio Comic-Con for some reason, <gasps> and uh, me and Javi stood in line to meet him. And I, So Comic-Con is very cool, but it, it does always feel a little weird when you have to like pay to, to like, get, meet like, someone. Yeah, yeah. Something. Feels a little yeah. weird. But, you know. That's how they make Coulson's money. Coulson's got to make his money. Yeah. <laughs> Comic-Con's <laughs> got to make his money. But anyway. Uh, they give you, like, before you get to Coulson, they give you a card to write down, like, your name and stuff so that he can spell it. Mm-hmm. And that way he doesn't have to ask you, like, oh, how do you spell and, it? He can just, yeah. like, talk to you he while he quickly, while he yeah. writes, you know, mm-hmm. oh, that's nice. to Javi. Uh, thanks for uh, being an Avenger. <laughs> but but Javi, I avenge you. <laughs> they let you write whatever you want on that card. And Javi was like, I'm going to see what he'll write. But Javi wrote on his card, to Javi. My one and only uh, Clark Gregg or whatever his name is, and uh, and so when we get up there, he's like, "Oh hey, like nice to meet you, like thanks so much for coming out." He looks down at the card and you can see him go like, <sighs> and, then, and then he wrote it. It's so, 
Oh, yes. Yeah. The statement says, my one, and, my only. one and only. <laughs> Signed, Phil <Clark>. Coulson. <laughs> or whoever. Yeah. I was surprised watching this because, I mean, he hasn't been in a movie since this. But I thought he was, he's really good he's in good. these movies. Yeah. I, I, he, it really works uh, for him as kind of, you know, yeah. the thing that really rallies them into the third act. I hope he's still uh, collecting uh, residuals. Oh, yeah, I hope so. For all those <laughs> uh, uh, Coulson figures. Because, yeah. yeah, I mean, he's in he's in Iron Man 1 and 2. He's in Thor. and Captain the, Marvel. He came back. Oh, yeah, I forgot he's in that. Uh-huh. I, I, I did forget he's in that one. With a de-aged uh, Sam. Sam Jackson. Yeah. Which I, Sam Jackson is also he's not. This seems like a role that, and like an actor like him could just sleepwalk through. Uh-huh. I thought he's great. In this yeah, movie. he does a great job. And in, in some ways, like at the beginning, he's like, he feels like kind of the like the main like yeah. rudder of like he feels like the kind of like center point. Yeah, because everything's happening around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also thought it was really interesting that they there's like a whole subplot where uh, that I did not remember. Where everyone is like, at least, because I feel like um, Hawkeye and Black Widow are more like shield agents. They're on the yeah. shield side. But like, there's a whole subplot where Cap, Iron Man, and Hulk are being like, hey, isn't it weird that like <laughs> we're here? And they start to like doubt Nick Fury, which I thought was yeah, really cool. That, that argument scene they have is really great. Yeah. Because <laughs> so, like everyone has their own distinct kind of point of view and they all get a moment to kind of yeah get, get their hits on each other. Yeah. I thought it was interesting too because uh, that was what I was gonna say. Besides Cap, my favorite this time around was actually Bruce Banner. Oh yeah, because I I, I wanted to ask because were you an, Ed, an Edward Norton fan? No, I've actually I've seen a lot of the MCU now, but I've never seen the Ed Norton one. Mm-hmm. I've seen maybe like an action scene from it, mm-hmm. but yeah, because in uh, in Hulk, Edward Norton, who's his love interest? Is... Uh, Blake Lively? No, not Blake Lively. Uh, Ryan Reynolds. Wife? No, no, it is the girl from Armageddon, Liv Tyler. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> from mm-hmm. Armageddon. <laughs> As if she's not Arwen, the daughter of Elrond, half elven. <laughs> she says, "I would rather spend one lifetime with you than face all the ages of this world alone." <laughs> How could I forget? Could I, I forget? choose a mortal life. <laughs> You saw my future. (laughs) You saw a son. I looked into your future and I saw only death, Arwen. There is hope there, too. (laughs) Do I not have your love? You have my love, Father. See, see, this is why you need to like, share, subscribe, everything, so that way we definitely make it to the Hobbit episode. (laughs) (laughs) I know. When I realized it was coming, I was like, oh, my God. I know. Um, We we need to do just that one. That's going to be its own episode. (laughs) I want to give a shout-out, because Kevin Feige gets all the credit in the world, which he he deserves. He's a king. Yeah, yeah. Kingmaker. King King shit. But I would like to give just a little shout-out to someone who doesn't get enough credit. Her name is Sarah Haley Finn. She's been the casting director for every MCU movie. Oh my god. And these well I imagine it's just like her department and an army of assistants. But like think about how well cast this movie is. For real. Down to every single person. I mean, like she, you know, she got Robert Downey Jr., Sam Jackson, you know, they found Chris Hemsworth, Tom Hiddleston, Chris Evans, like uh-huh. all these people, and then like has still found like everyone up until like, you know, Shang-Chi. Yeah. <laughs> Literally uh, everyone. Gilgamesh in Eternals was yes. one of my favorites. Oh, His yeah. <laughs> Korean actor Don Lee was um, amazing. But you know what notably is the one movie she wasn't the casting director for? 
Very notable recasting. Hulk? Yeah, she did not do the Incredible Hulk. She did not. Uh, she was not responsible for Ed Norton. Yeah, because I think Mark Ruffalo is a great Bruce Banner. Yeah, he's so different than Ed Norton, which also, because yeah. for a while there was kind of like, is the Incredible Hulk canon, or is this just yeah. a different one? For the longest time, I didn't think it was, yeah. and then people told me like years later, oh mm. yeah, you, that, that's part of it. Yeah, cool, because now they, I guess in this one they do mention like, oh, last time when I was in Harlem, because that's yeah. when the big fight scene takes place. Um, and then they bring back like William Hurt from that movie into Civil War. But yeah, what do you think, uh, what's your, what are your thoughts on Loki? Yeah, I wanted to talk about Loki. Because, oh, yeah? Because I feel like he's an interesting character. I feel like, um, all right, <laughs> breaking new ground here. My definitive ranking of the Avengers villains, mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely Thanos is the best villain. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and then I think Loki and then Ultron. D- I definitely agree. Um, which I feel like most people would agree with. I haven't seen Ultron, I think, also since the theaters. Yeah. So we'll get there maybe. Ultron? Is weird. <laughs> yeah, that's what I remember. It's kind of a mess. <laughs> yeah. But I think Loki is a good villain. It's just weird because I feel like when you have a movie like this, you want I part of me wants them to like soundly defeat the enemy. Yeah. But because, you know, he goes on to be a, a focal point of the movies for mm. the next ten years. Yeah. It's like they can't kill Loki. Um, they've tried. Yeah. Oh, they've tried. Um it's kind of interesting in that way that it's like he's the big bad of this movie, and then he kind of goes on to have his heyday more yeah. in other movies. It's it's so interesting because he's in the he's in Thor, mm-hmm. and I think most people agree like, oh, he's he was a good villain, but then when it got to Avengers, that's when he really kind of popped. I think like Tumblr girls really responded to yeah. Loki, and that kind of that kind of response kind of brought on like. Well, he's got to be in Thor. He's got to be a major part of Thor too, because that was the, he was the people loved him in Avengers, and then that kind of brought on like him having like his own redemption. Uh huh. Well, yeah, he becomes sort of kind of a fan, uh, Fast and the Furious villain, where yeah. he starts to become part of the family. <laughs> yeah, he really does. <laughs> but in the beginning of Infinity War, when Thanos just chokes him out dead oh, right yeah. there, and because uh, like that's him saying like, "Oh, the villain of the first movie." You're dead. Yeah. This ain't your mama's Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, which also, I mean, at the beginning of that, he finally gets the Tesseract. That's, you know, the focal point of much of the MCU from the beginning and then just crushes it in his hand. Yeah. And gets the stone. Right. Wow. I haven't seen that movie. <laughs> Basically, I haven't <laughs> seen any of the Avengers more than once except Endgame. <laughs> um, I feel like we're talking a lot about stuff that happens later on. Yeah. But, but I mean, how can yeah. you not, you know? But, yeah, it is funny that Loki... Like, when he first shows up in this movie, he murders, like, five people very brutally. Yeah. And then, like, because now, uh, you haven't seen the te- the Loki show. I've seen you? the very first episode. Yeah, but because, so, like, with the way the time travel works with Endgame, where they travel back to the end of the Avengers, and then that Loki yeah. transports off. So and- then Loki in the show is the old Loki. Yes. Okay. He's, a, he's a variant of old Loki. Of Loki from the Avengers. Loki from the very end of the Avengers, you know, uh-huh. minutes after getting smashed by the Hulk. Yeah. And then he gets teleported. And then what? Because then it's like, oh, so this is a Loki that hasn't had character development and has literally just murdered. I think they say he murdered 80 people in two days. Yeah. Um, but then their way around that in the show is they show him literally like a. He watches like a slideshow of everything that happened that he missed and it's like okay he's developed that character development in that time <laughs> okay which works fine for yeah. the show but it is funny how in this one he is very much a villain yeah um 
I did like it was kind of interesting because I feel like so before this we've only known him from Thor, mm-hmm. and which he technically dies at the end of. Not really, whichever. <laughs> Which I also haven't seen in really a time. But like, I feel like after this, especially in uh, Ragnarok, they have a very like the relationship is always Loki fucks him over and he still believes in him. Yeah. And and so even in this movie, he goes, "Are you really not gonna? Are you ever not gonna fall for that?" And yeah. I'm like, "Have we had that many interactions yet? Like, I feel like now you can that say ha- that." That happens a couple times. I remember in the first Thor, yeah. that happens a couple times where it's like the the duplicate. Yeah, to him. Also, <laughs> the scene where Loki first gets the Tesseract or tries to and is talking mm. to um, uh, Sam Jackson and friends. Yeah. There's a really strange part where, mm. I mean, I think this is the only like kind of awkward moment in the movie for me. But there was literally a part where he's like brainwashing people with the mm. staff and <laughs> they cut over to Sam Jackson and he's just like, I'm just going to. I'm just gonna walk away, yeah. and he's just <laughs> casually walking away. I like that. Look, like, he's like, right, "Hey, wait a minute." Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, like, "What's happening? Why are they just standing in the same yeah. room?" I I do love the line that Loki has in there. Where it's like an ant has no quarrel with a boot. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say I didn't. Some there were some moments where I didn't know how well the like humor held up, but there mm. were a couple really good lines yeah. in there, funny yeah. or otherwise. Which I get. That's. That's the Joss Whedon of it all, mm-hmm. it seems like, which we talked about in the Cabin in the Woods episode. Does not seem like a great guy, but yeah. at least it seems like with this movie he made a lot of the right decisions. Yeah, and I think that's what people talk about when they're like, oh, this is the the Whedon-esque writing. Is like mm-hmm. There are some really funny things, you know, like the... The shawarma is still funny, and mm. like which that was apparently improv by Robert. Den- the oh, line yeah. was improv by Robert Denny Jr. Yeah, um, but there are some lines that I thought like I was like oh boy, like uh, the one I think that was the most egregious to me <laughs> was when uh, I think Iron Man is he's flying and the big monsters behind him and he's like I'm bringing the party and Black Widow goes how is that a party? That was, yeah. And I was like, so, oh, I don't boy. see how that's a party. Yeah. Like, she's, she doesn't sound like she's, like, making a joke at it. She yeah. sounds more, like, genuinely confused. <laughs> the, I do, I the awkward line that I have, which I think is in performance, is when they're fixing the, the helicarrier, and uh, Cap, Cap is trying to help him, and they're like, what, already the relay is wrong, and he's like, it seems to be running on some form of electricity. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> but then I do like Iron Man's response. I was like, well, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I did like, um, I love, uh, the, I feel like they do it less as the series goes on, but like mm-hmm. the jokes that Captain America has missed so much of yeah. uh, of pop culture. Yeah. Like when someone says flying monkeys, he's like, I get that. I get that. I get that one. I get that one. <laughs> <laughs> this is from like 38 or whatever. Yeah, from 1939. Yeah. <laughs> he was there. He saw <laughs> You maybe you never saw Falcon the Winter Soldier, right? Nope. There was a su- part where he referen- where Winter Soldier references uh, Gandalf or <laughs> something, and he's and he's like, "You read The Hobbit?" And he's like, "Yeah, when it was printed in 1938." <laughs> <laughs> that whole council was weird too. Yeah, like when they came out, my roommate was like, "You remember these guys?" And I was like, "Literally not yeah. at all." <laughs> like, <laughs> they they show up and then get killed off in Winter Soldier. <laughs> Oh, that does sound kind of yeah. Familiar. They get killed by Robert Redford. Yeah, um, is I he d- a good guy? I thought Robert Redford was a good guy. Well, oh, you're gonna be for a real shock when <laughs> when that movie come when we get to that one. But I do think it's funny. I guess oh, jumping forward and looking at like Captain America: Civil War when they're like, oh, the Avengers need to be held accountable. Look, and I remember the death counts are like super low. Uh-huh. <laughs> like they're like. Oh, 
70 people died in the Battle of New York. That's like, and no it's like, way. Oh, did you forget the part where the government decided to fire a nuclear missile at the island of Manhattan? Yeah. That was going to be 8 million people yeah. on that counter. At the same time, though, I was like, there. I think they have one line where, uh, or no, no, it's not one line, but it's the part where Captain America tells the, the cop to get people underground. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's how they're kind of explaining that people aren't just dying in the yeah. thousands. But at the same time, I was like, there's all these these huge business skyscrapers, yes. corporate buildings. So many people. I'm like, there's no way that this is not, you yeah. know, this would another be 9-11. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. What I, I was curious about that. I was like, this is, especially when the aliens first kind of come in and you see a lot of cars blowing up and people running for their lives. Like, you know, is this kind of playing on 9-11 yeah. imagery? Kind of. You said, in New, York. Be, you said yeah. in New York you're going to get that. But. And you got big flying monsters. Yeah. I did think it was an interesting, like, uh, oh, like 9-11 happened, the big flying monster. <laughs> yeah, it's called the, uh, the 747 airliner. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, as a connoisseur of movies with giant battles in them, namely uh, medieval <laughs> yeah. movies, I'm like, I thought the Chitauri were fine enemies, yeah. but I feel like they're kind of just messes of, like, yeah. colors and arms and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I don't think the movies ever particularly got a handle on because I feel like the things in Infinity mm-hmm. War are kind of the same. Their big flying monsters are very iconic. Yeah. And I, I do say, though, that because uh, this movie came out a year after the, the motion picture Transformers Dark of the Moon. Okay. And it is very similar to the final battle in that one. Yes. Because it's, it's in a big major city. That was in Chicago. But it down to, like, they have giant flying ships that people, like, drop out of. They have uh-huh. these giant drop ships, which they kind of have with the... With the giant slugs, what or whatever yeah. you call it, the giant serpents, armored serpents. So I remember being a kid and being like, "This does look a little similar to the best yeah. to the best movie ever, Transformers 3. <laughs> I I don't think I've seen Transformers three, but I did write down. I was like, "This was the era of of movies where in the third act a portal opens up in the sky." Oh yeah, oh, and they <laughs> never got rid. Because yeah. I mean, uh, I think Thor two also did that. Too. Yeah. Uh, Ghostbusters big, big 2016. Big sky beam in the sky. <laughs> this was, I thought there were, a, there were a couple moments where I was like, is this foreshadowing or is it just, did it work out that did way? Did it just work out that way? And one of them was Iron Man almost dying. I was like, yeah, they well, know? Well, I think the way it works is that that makes logical sense with what's set up in this movie of like, because Cap sets up, are you the man who will lay down a wire? For, oh, for yeah, your friend, yeah. For your man. And so, like, that makes sense for this movie, and then it makes sense on a larger scale for for what happens with his character. Because, uh-huh. like, ever because I think also, like, people say, like, oh, they knew it when he said, I am Iron Man in the beginning. It's like, no, they didn't. That's just that's how it worked out. Yeah. Like, and that, that was the, that makes sense. Yeah. That's more of a reactionary thing where it, when you're yeah. writing his death scene, then you can write, I am Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, yeah, because I was thinking, like, oh, this is for, like... This has parallels to what happens with him eventually, uh-huh. but that's also part of his character development as a whole. Yeah, I did think all the stuff was really interesting about because um, now we've been in like the cosmic age of the yeah. Avengers for so long that it's like when they're like, "Why are you making weapons?" and he's like, "Because a year ago a god came yeah. here." I was like, "No, that's bad. That's, <laughs> very, that's very true." <laughs> yeah, um, an Asgardian suit of armor came in and shot fire out of its yeah. face. Yeah, and he was like, "He's like, we're hilariously outgunned." I was like, "I thought that was really cool." I always like stuff about like the triumph of like the mm-hmm. the underdog and like the yeah. the human and, spirit, and it's like that they were against these like aliens from another world with mm-hmm. with you know way more advanced technology, but it's like. Even the like the guy like um, 
Thanos is like henchman who's like yeah, he's the, like ah. I think he he's known as the other. Yeah. He was like the the humans aren't as weak as we thought. I'm like, yeah, you're damn right. Yeah. <laughs> I was laughing because there's a part like when he talks with Loki, like they have like the Skype call with that. And he you know I noticed he had six fingers. Oh yeah. On uh-huh. That he's guy's got, like funny. two thumbs. <laughs> that guy, like they kill, because uh, they kill him in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, Ronin uh-huh. snaps his neck. Yeah, I also, that, I mean, we'll get there, but like the Guardians of the Galaxy, I thought was interesting because it's like this very strange outlier movie at first, mm-hmm. but it also is the one that features like the most Thanos. Yeah, well, <laughs> until that, he shows yeah. up. Well, because also it has like Gamora, which is his daughter uh-huh. and stuff. I was wondering because I was like. When Loki shows up, I was like, why can't they just send the whole army in? But that was like, oh, I guess they were only able to open it slightly. Oh, yeah. But then I was like, why didn't they send Gamora? <laughs> but then I guess they say Loki like has knowledge of mm-hmm. of the cube. She was off doing other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was interesting that Alexander Skarsgård was in this movie because... Stellan. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. I always <laughs> get them mixed up. But uh, on Northman brain. <laughs> because I feel like um there's a proud tradition of MCU movies having random cameo oh, not yeah. cameos, but like Small random roles by yeah. legend by great actors. Uh-huh. And so I was like, Oh wow, even in the beginning we had yeah. Scars card. Well, because he was in the first... yeah, he was in Thor mm-hmm. with Natalie Portman. Yeah. He was with her crew and then I it makes sense to have him in because then it gives Thor stakes uh-huh. in it and it makes sense that he would be the one to you know, know what yeah. they're doing. But yeah, so what do you think? Oh, I do have to ask, what do you think of the Germany scene? Oh. When Loki also shows up and rips the guy's eyeball Yeah. Out? Okay, I thought that was kind of badass because it reminded me of other superhero movies pre-MCU where they were like mm. a little a little grosser. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, cool. Like in, um, there a very similar scene happens in Hellboy 2, which I mm-hmm. think was 2007 or 2008. Where literally in like a museum in like per- no I think it's in New York but they filmed in in Europe but mm-hmm. um the bad guy releases this device that like sucks yeah. onto somebody's eye and like but I was like oh well this is cool and I like that they have this weird technology where he has to scan someone's eye so that yeah, Hawkeye. Hawkeye can have it over yeah. here who uh, developed that, cool. that technology <laughs> I know what when do they need that ever <laughs> <Who would you? laughs> when, for this exact moment I know what other reason would you have that but um. I thought, like, the kind of, like, references to Hitler were a little weird, but... Yeah. It's like, ah, uh, there's always another Hitler, a guy yeah. wearing a reindeer helmet that came from space. <laughs> I really liked him. I was like, like, when he, everyone was kneeling and one old dude stood up, I was mm-hmm. like, this is cool. Yeah, it's a cool little moment. You don't need it. Yeah. Yeah, look to your elder. Yeah. He shall be your example. <laughs> I definitely thought he the cap saving him surprise was actually a surprise to me. I thought he was gonna get <laughs> iced right then and there. But yeah, because then Cap gets that last time I was in Germany and yeah. saw a man standing over everyone. Yeah, and uh, things didn't go so well for him. Uh-huh. I thought there were there were a couple like that was an interesting Cap line. Another yeah. one that I liked though that I had forgotten about was uh, when Black Widow goes. Uh, uh, these guys are from a legend. They're basically gods. Yeah. And he's like, there's only one god, ma'am. <laughs> and he doesn't dress like that. That's so funny. Which I was then like, just throughout these movies, oh no, does Cap stay Christian? Yeah, I, it's actually a good like, question. He literally fights a, a mad titan. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, is he, still, is he still believing in God after yeah. half the universe vanishes? What are your thoughts on, because especially 
when this movie came out, there was a lot of talk about like, oh, Joss, no one knows how to write women like Joss Whedon. Oh, really? <laughs> For years, well, because also like with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, people oh, okay. were saying that Dollhouse. stuff. I think with this one, because especially looking at Black Widow from Iron Man 2 to this, she is a walking sex object in Iron Man 2, mm-hmm. and Scarlett Johansson is very wooden in that movie, which is not, it doesn't seem like her fault. It seems like what they wanted out of her. Yeah, and it's crazy because, like, before this, I, I mean, I think that was probably the first time I'd seen Scarlett Johansson, mm-hmm. um, but, like, before that, she had had, like, real roles. Yeah, and after that, translation. Yeah, um, that one Coen Brothers movie that she has a small part in. I can't remember what it's called. It's, like, The Man Who Knew Everything or the something. The Man Who Knew Too Much? Isn't that the no, Hitchcock, Hitchcock one? one? The man yeah. who wasn't there. Yeah. And, um, but, uh, fun fact, I rented that movie, watched half of it, and then my rental expired, and I still have never <laughs> seen the second half. Um, and then definitely after this, she's had all kinds of, like, mm, real under roles. Under the skin. Yeah, uh, Marriage Story. Yeah. Um, Jojo Rabbit. Oh, Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> it's so interesting to look back and be like, I remember being a kid watching Iron Man 2 being like, this is just someone. Like, yeah. I was like, I don't know who this is. A woman. Yeah. Well, you know who it was originally going to be, right? Bryce Dallas Howard. No, it was Emily Blunt. Oh. Again, tying back to the five-year engagement. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, she had to drop out because of Gulliver's Travels reshoots. Like she, wow. She was cast in Iron Man 2. Wow. And then, yeah, <laughs> contractual obligation. Damn. Um, the chance of a lifetime. I know. But, hey, people are still pulling for her to get uh, Sue Storm yeah. in Fantastic Four. With John Krasinski as yes. uh, Mr. People, Fantastic. People are pushing for that. We'll see. We'll see. That would be pretty cool. Yes. Heaven forbid, knock on wood, that mm-hmm. they ever break up. Oh, God. <laughs> They seem happy. They seem happy. Yeah, they seem He's already lovely. directed her twice in both yeah. quiet places. Yeah. I do remember Joss Whedon being like, oh, no one writes female characters like him. Mm, no mm-hmm. one can write it like him. But, um, and now, like, knowing yeah. like, how he's treated people on sets. But I do think, like, especially comparing how Black Widow is in the first one, like, even in the first scene she's in, that interrogation scene, immediately a hundred times better character. Yeah. I like that she's always like one step ahead. Yeah. Like she's so, she's so smart in this. Like it's yeah. not she's not just like I am a good female character because I can kick someone's ass. Like, yeah. She she outsmarts like everyone in that interrogation scene. She asked she outsmarts Loki. Uh-huh. Yeah, the outsmarting Loki scene was really cool cuz I was like I fully believed that she was, you know, just um like torn up about Hawkeye mm-hmm. and uh because, I mean, like, that would be, a you know, a fine response, you know? That's like, yeah, you're worried about your friend, and then, mm-hmm. and also this dude is, like, playing on all your weaknesses. But then she goes, gotcha, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> like, that scene is so good of just, like, like she's not she doesn't have any superpowers, but, you know, I can't see any of the other, any of the other members doing that. Yeah, for sure. So I think they do a really good job making her a valuable member of the team. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also it's fun because it's a throwback to the original Avengers with when Loki take like has kind of the mind control over Hulk or he doesn't really mind control him but an explosion goes off and Hulk gets crazy and then it's oh, kind right. of the antagonist for that because that's how in the comics the Avengers originally got together was to fight Hulk yeah lo- well Loki specifically uses my he mind controls Hulk to attack Thor and then Iron Man. <laughs> Ant-Man and the Wasp become join up with them and they they free the Hulk's mind and then beat beat up Loki. Wow. And then I think Captain America, they find Captain America like four issues later is what I remember hearing. Wow. Um, but yeah, I think I remember hearing that Joss Whedon originally didn't write Black Widow into the, the first draft of the script. He had to, he had put Wasp in. <laughs> he's a big fan of Wasp. Yeah. And then they got her ten years ten later. Ten years later. 
I still have not seen Ant-Man and the Wasp. It's one of the few I'm not caught up on. That's fine. <laughs> That's what I hear. That's why I haven't it's ba- fine. made an effort. It's fine. It's a middle It's a middle one. Yeah. I have a question. It's something that a lot of people complained about when the movie came out. What are your thoughts on, <laughs> that's my secret cap, I'm always angry? I think it's a great line, and it spawned mm. a good meme. <laughs> but I think I'm always hungry. I think it's a really cool scene, too, when he transforms and then punches mm-hmm. that giant monster. It's yeah. awesome. But that being said, I did immediately have the thought, like, is he angry? Is he always angry? I don't feel that way. <laughs> but I guess it's like a deep down thing. Like he's like, yeah. he talks about being, you know, having to fight it mm. and everything. And there is that part where he like slams on the table, but then he says, oh, I just wanted to yeah. see what you would do. So maybe he is just good at hiding it. But I did think like, I don't feel like he's angry. Yeah. I think that was more of just like, I have, I have this under control. I don't yeah. need to get angry to do this. Yeah. Cause which I guess, cause it was confusing at the time. Cause we didn't know if Incredible Hulk was exactly canon, but at the very the very end of that movie, kind of alludes to that. Oh, he's got this under control. I do I do love the the lovely cameo by beloved actor Harry Dean Stanton. Uh, do not from uh, Walking from, Dead. No, from from the original Alien. Yes. Yeah, Wait, no, I wrote the, the down. custodian who, yeah. fi- who finds Hulk. <laughs> Son, you've got a condition. <laughs> he's awesome. I thought he was so funny. Yeah. That's just, like, a fun little role for just, like, that character actor. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, and then, like, uh, I remember just, like, that. That I've watched that end action scene so many times. And I think the movie as a whole is a good kind of building of action. Yeah. Like, that, there's, like, that first little scene of, like, Loki being chased by Maria Hill. Uh-huh. Like, I think that, and, like, then he shoots a helicopter down. Yeah. Which, that, that's a cool scene. It's not, like, you know, it's not going to have the audience go nuts. Yeah. But then, like, you get the little bit about them fighting in Germany and then all the heroes fighting in the woods, which doth mother know that yeah. you weareth her drapes. That's a, uh, I feel, yeah, it is a very good balance of, like, action to mm-hmm. to story. Um, and all great action movies, there's a story yeah. in the action. But, yeah, what are your thoughts on the end, the, the end fight, the end climax? I thought it was pretty freaking sweet. I will say uh, <laughs> there was a moment where I really liked when I think it's Cap, Hawkeye, and Black Widow are together at the end, mm-hmm. and they're like, all right, suit up, let's go. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone else is sc- scattered. Yeah. Um, and so I did kind of wish, and they still have that really cool like suit up part where even though everyone's scattered, they have a montage of everyone like yeah, grabbing their weapons Thor and stuff. Yeah, getting his new armor on. And I thought that was really cool, but I did wish that they had made up before that so that they could all be together at the beginning of the fight. Yeah, but I they do, do, have I do great love. Moment. I do love the. I remember being as, as a kid, everyone loved when um uh, the talk between Iron Man and Loki, like the the line that oh, was yeah. in every trailer of like, "I have an army, we have a Hulk." Yeah. <laughs> And, I um, was waiting for it. I was like, I remember this. Yeah. Uh, Loki's motivation, I thought, was actually really good, but they mm-hmm. didn't, like, focus on it that much. Because like, yeah. I, I feel like he kind of feels like, I am villain. Mm-hmm. I am doing villain A things. Bit. But he's so fun. He's choosing he all is the fun. And, uh, and I feel like when you actually think about his motivation, it's really good because it's, like, it's because, you know, he's overshadowed by his brother. He never got to have his yeah. kingdom. So now he wants to rule. So I'm like, I feel like when, as you see a lot of supervillains that are like, I'm gonna be king of Earth. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. whatever. But it's this like, one's like, oh, he feels entitled to a yeah, throne, so he, he really wants to, has, and he sees humans as so, so meek. Yeah, and anyone can relate to that feeling. Like, 
you had something taken from you. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it, it kind of makes him kind of not relatable, but you know, like you can see where he's coming from, which is mm-hmm. always good for a villain. But I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. More than Ultron. I'm just kidding. I don't remember what Ultron's yeah. deal is. I, oh, I need to wrap because uh, on my DVD I was watching they had a bunch that oh, the ads were so good <laughs> before it, but there was one for like Marvel on Disney XD. They had they had a Spider-Man show where he was voiced by Drake Bell. Okay, has not held up. Yeah, um, but confirmed then they, Predator they, Drake Bell, <laughs> child endangerer oh, Drake excuse Bell. Excuse me, our lawyers are telling us. <laughs> to play a bunch. Um, but they had a they had an Avengers show called Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. I remember that. Yeah. Did you ever watch it? I didn't watch it, but I think I saw mm. ads when I, in the morning I yeah. get ready for school and watch Zeke and Luther. <laughs> <laughs> First time I've heard someone mention Zeke and Luther. Definitely riding off the success of Drake and Josh. Um, Are any of them in that? No, just with the title. Oh, oh yeah. Two yeah. guys, two bros. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes is legitimately a great comic book show like Hmm. that one takes itself a lot more seriously it's not as jokey as like the spider-man one which drake bell was and it like genuinely adapts a lot of the comic stories really well it's the original like five that they start with it starts with hulk iron man thor ant-man and wasp oh and then but like the and the big thing that happens is like shield has like all the super villains like all these super villains like in maximum security prison and then in like these four big prisons and then there's a ma- one day there's a f- massive breakout, but then they have a part two of that where this one villain who has a personal connection, Nick Fury, comes out who like can control gravity. Oh shit! And so that one I I was like, is Loki and a kind of faceless army the best foil to them, or would it? I guess it does. In the animation, it works really well because they they fight Graviton or <laughs> Gravitron, whatever, and he's just like throwing all this shit at them and <laughs> flying through the air. But yeah, uh, the show was good. Oh, did you enjoy when he smashes Loki? Yeah. <laughs> that was the biggest, like, crowd cheer moment of yeah. the I don't. I feel like I remember that from trailers, which I feel like is a weird thing I to show in trailers. I also thought, because every time in, in when I've, I've seen Thor Ragnarok a couple times because I like Taika Waititi, mm-hmm. and they talk about, like, how they fought before. I was like, what are they talking about? I yeah. guess it's in this movie when they fight. <laughs> That's what it feels like. That's what it feels like. <laughs> Oh, and one other thing I did find out when looking through IMDb trivia is, did you notice? Did you notice how in Pepper Potts's scenes, uh, she at least in the first one that she's in with Tony, uh, she's walking around barefoot. I didn't, but I did notice she was wearing <laughs> jean shorts, which she, I yeah. guess, makes sense because she's at home. But I was yeah. like, this seems well, weird. She's, I know she's barefoot, and I'm like, is that a creepy Joss Whedon thing? Like they're not focusing on it because uh-huh. she's wearing, she's barefoot and. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is wearing shoes, wearing like sneakers. Uh-huh. But then I read in the IMDb trivia that's because Robert Downey Jr. is wearing like three inch platforms <laughs> on the shoes. Oh, is he, he short? He's like a he's like you know like five eight or something, uh-huh. which is shorter than like you know the average leading man. Oh, is Gwyneth Paltrow really tall? Probably like five nine or something. Oh. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say it's because she's, like, a naturalist and didn't want to wear shoes. No, no. Which I think Gwen uh, Patrick's a really weird human being. But I think she's great in these movies. Yeah, no, she's I, awesome. I thought, like, her scenes. And also, I did get a little choked up when uh, Iron Man catches the nuke and is flying it in and it calls. Yeah. It starts calling Pepper. And just, like, that moment of, like, oh, they, he doesn't get to say goodbye to her. Yeah. Which he does in Endgame. Yeah, which was so surprised. That's why I was like, is this foreshadowing? Because I felt like we were going yeah. through the same beats, mm-hmm. uh, but they happened differently. Yeah. 
last thing I'll say, which was the most surprising thing I found in the, in the illustrious IMDb trivia, was that it was a, it was Joss Whedon's idea to have a bigger villain that sent Loki. Yeah, he had the idea that it be Thanos, according wow. to IMDb trivia. Um, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But apparently, you know, I find that so bizarre because it seems like Marvel always has these ideas, you know, a million years in advance. Mm-hmm. And I think there was recently an event where Kevin Feige was like, yeah, right after I'm done here, I'm going to a retreat and we're planning out the next 10 years of Marvel movies. Yeah. Um, Who knows what they could come up with. I know. We know Blade. <laughs> oh, Blade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you were losing it after uh, when there was the Blade deal at the end credit scene of Eternals. I know. I was like, and weirdly, I don't know what tipped me off, but something during Eternals itself, I kept thinking, we're getting a blade. We're getting a blade. <laughs> and then when that happened, I was like, yes! Does uh, that little voice off screen. <laughs> you just thought it was a sword. Yeah. yeah even that is badass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I think it is crazy to be like 10 years ago, they knew the, who the big villain was going to be. Yeah. Of all of this. He was much purpler then. <laughs> yeah, he was. Or they, a different shade. Purple. He, and he had like human hands. You can yeah. tell. <laughs> he looked like a normal sized person. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was makeup. On an actor, it, did I? What I wanted to know was, did they know it was Josh Brolin yet? No, he was not cast. Yeah. He was cast probably a year or two, probably a year later, I think, because he was he's in, he's Guardians, in Guardians two years later. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I I definitely we definitely knew he was cast by that point. Uh huh. But yeah, this has been a very long talk. Yeah. But I, mean, I guess I would say go check out Avengers. I guess you know if you wanna. <laughs> yeah. After you get done with Best Exotic yeah. Marigold Hotel. Oh yeah, hey, gotta get that Best Exotic Marigold <laughs> Hotel in. Um, but yeah, just to wrap up, Jacob, how this how this match your expectations? Uh, better. I didn't remember. I mean, obviously, I haven't watched it in ten years. I didn't really feel the need to. I guess there were a couple moments where I was like, oh, I haven't seen it in a while. I should check it out. And I just didn't for whatever mm. reason. There's, well, because also there's a million other Marvel movies. Yeah, so now. I'd always have that 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 uh, need satiated because mm. I'd just go, oh, here comes uh, Eternals, uh, <laughs> Shang-Chi. But, um, but yeah, I had a great time. Flew by. Uh, mm. It was like two hours 20, which yep. seems about right. Mm. Um, about right for this for this kind of movie. Yeah, and I thought it was great. I thought all the moments were fun. I liked seeing them all come together. Uh, it was really fun to see them all interact because I feel like they in the the canon now they've all known each other for so long yeah. that and it was having like them meet. Yeah, I was like, oh wow, I forgot that like there had to be a time for them to meet. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like pretty much none of them had met each other except for Iron Man and Captain America. I mean, Iron Man and uh, Black Widow. Yeah. Um, even then, they they weren't that close. Yeah, I mean, Black Widow and Hawkeye knew each other. Yeah, um, but like seeing them all come together and like mm-hmm. how Iron Man respects Hulk because they're both smart mm-hmm. and like they all know Captain America because he's a legend. Yeah, uh, and they're comparing that to the man they see. The trading cards thing with Coulson always made me sad that he didn't mm-hmm. get them signed. <laughs> yeah, this one still great, still fist pumping. I, I, I saw this this movie came out at the exact perfect time. Yeah. For for me specifically us. Um just cuz like especially like everyone has their franchise. The generation before us was probably Harry Potter that we kind of, you know, were able to catch on to. Yeah. But this one this feels like like our generation's kind of like, you know, yeah. franchise we saw when we were 12 that now has become, you know, every generation's franchise. Yeah. Which I or do not. sometimes feel a little weird about cuz like I said I I was kind of mm-hmm. late to the party. 
Where yeah. to the to the extent that sometimes I'll watch a Marvel movie and I really like it and I go, oh man, I wish I was like more of a Marvel kid growing up because mm-hmm. I feel like this would mean more to me. But mm-hmm. it is what it is. They won me yeah. over in the end. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I do think in watching this, I was like, because I think I still had to rate like ten out of ten on Letterboxd because it was like perfect. Nothing mm-hmm. else. I nothing I'd change. Um, but then I was like, ah, oh, but you know, like Infinity War, Endgame, like they are, they are more. But honestly, this holds a special place in my heart still. It held up. It's a perfect, like, you know. Infinity War and Endgame are a whole different beast. Yeah. And I think this one works perfectly for what it is. And it holds a very special place in film history because even recently in a in a class I'm in for here at here in college, we talked with a, with a, a person I'll, I'll leave unnamed, but they do a lot of work in marketing and they were in kind of the, the film marketing world and I asked a question about, like, what was, like, well, while in your time doing it, what was, like, the biggest, like, sea change? And she said it was the first Avengers. Wow. And it was, like, that was the moment that's like, changed Hollywood. And I think especially because this comes out, it's the third highest grossing movie of all time. Behind Titanic and Avatar. The, the highest grossing non-James Cameron movie of all time. <laughs> Which is, we and can talk about that out. later, but it's so strange to me that James Cameron shows up, makes the hugest movie ever, and then leaves for like years. Ten, for, ten, for a decade. Yeah. And now he's going to do it again. Yeah. We're back to the beginning. Avatar <laughs> 2. My words. The way of water, baby. The way of water. But yeah. I think we've said all we need to say. Jake Sully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, you know the name. You know the name. Yeah. That is it for episode four. This was a big one. This is the yeah. one that I knew we had to we yeah. had to get to. We were we would pass if we slept on it. Yeah, we hit our stride in time for Avengers, yeah. much like uh, the superheroes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Jacob, where can the good people find you? Hey, if you wanna <laughs> if you wanna see some uh, shit takes and bad jokes, <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Sanger, S A E N G E R. And on Instagram, at Commander in Beef, with underscores in between the words. And on Letterboxd, I am also Jacob Sanger. And you can find me at Collins Bolton on Instagram. And you can find me at CJS Films on Letterboxd. And, oh yeah, I guess join us next week. Oh yeah, I don't even Where? know if I know what we're doing next oh, week. Oh, next week, there's only one big wide release that comes out, which is the <laughs> classic... Tim Burton, Johnny Depp vehicle. Oh, no. Dark Shadows, (laughs) which I have not seen. I saw it on TV a long time ago. But we did talk about this earlier, about a movie that came out in limited release a couple weeks earlier, but we have time to squeeze it in. (laughs) We must. It is The Raid. Hell yeah. We are going to watch the first Raid, and I'm very excited. Yeah, I have been waiting to show it to my roommates, so now I finally Mm -hmm. can. But yeah, and then before we head out, I want to give a shout out to our love, a lovely friend of the show, Sheldon Scholl, who wrote our lovely theme music. Oh yeah, and thank I, you, Sheldon. Yes, he wrote it after we recorded the second episode, so I wasn't able to thank him, and then I forgot the third episode. <laughs> but yes, thank you, Sheldon. I love our theme music. Yeah, and it's great. Give, it, give him a follow as well, and also shout out to another friend of the show, Ryan Chang, who was driving to LA and said he was listening to the first three episodes. Shout out, Ryan. And, and said he liked some of my jokes. That, yeah. that meant <laughs> he a called lot. it a Sanger Zinger. <laughs> well, a, a Sanger. A Zanger? A Zanger, yeah. There it is. 
Thank you for listening. Rate, review, subscribe, follow on the socials, share with your friends, uh, send us money if you want. Uh, <laughs> you can ask for my Venmo. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> but yes, thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. See you next week.